Hi, everybody. Some ways to stay in touch with us is through Untapped and Twitter as Craft Beer Comics, and Instagram and Facebook as Craft Beer and Comics. If you want to support us financially, head on over to patreon.com slash craftbeerandcomics and check out all the levels of support and the perks. Now enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. My name is Chad Terry, and I'm the consumer. My name is Jason Smith. I'm the assistant manager here at Astro Zombies. My name is Chris Losek. I'm also a manager here at Astro Zombies. And I'm Aaron Campbell. I'm the guest. <laughs> and we'd like to welcome you to Craft Beer and Comics, a podcast. There we go. Uh, I was a little late on mine. Oh, that's all right. It's all right. It doesn't need slowly. to be. It doesn't need to be like in perfect sync. It's just a. Let's see if I can. If I can get some good. I usually the whole idea is make to a give. mess. So I was trying not to. I saw that he's pushing <laughs> my book away. Like get it away, get it away. Well, okay. I guess you got to give it to your mama. Well. I'm not sure that I care, but we'll see what happens when we talk about that once we get there. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm I'm spicy today, and I have things to say. All right. This is an interesting flavor. That's uh, tasty. Uh, yeah. I like that. Yeah. So what is that flavor on the back end? Um, I have a thought, but what I, I do want to say to uh, the listeners out there, I want to you know, say hello, welcome you in. Um, this setup is just a little bit different. Um, Aaron Campbell here has been gracious enough to to be our host. He is not be our, our guest. Our, <laughs> our guest. I'm sorry. He is not our uh, sponsor. <laughs> As you can see, I'm He's just like swimming host. through it. He's not our host either. Aaron's like, I'm hosting this. What? <laughs> like, I, I, thought Surprise. I, I thought I gave you all the information that you needed to build a whole. Where's your script? Um, but uh, we don't have a beer sponsor. Uh, I did go down to Ex Novo, and I bought Punk Rock Show. Rock, rock. is spelled R-A-W-K. I'm not sure why. Um, <laughs> it's it's a thing. I used to have a Smashing Pumpkins like bootleg recording, and it was just called Rock. With R-A-W-K. Yeah. Okay. It was the worst recording ever. It's like somebody had a had a recorder in their pocket and never took it out. So all, nice. all my youth group kids are familiar with that spelling yep. from that Thousand Foot Crutch song <laughs> that I'm sure all of our listeners know about. Uh, <laughs> no <what>? idea. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's this like Christian band called Thousand Foot Crutch, and they have a song called Rock Fist, and it's spelled R-A-W-K. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so about the beer we were drinking, it is... It is a hazy double India pale ale brewed with uh, citra, motueka, and mosaic hops. Uh, and it is 8.5% ABV. So it's pretty, you know, it's pretty stout there. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a right beef cake. But I, that, that <laughs> back end that you're, I don't know if this is, I don't know if this is a positive or a negative, but I'm enjoying the beer and we all will rate this beer later on untapped. So make sure you follow us over there. But on the on the back end, I almost have a hint of like Parmesan cheese. I felt yeah, it's a like malty. It's, it's a salty like, kind of flavory thing, like a savory thing. Mm. I don't hate it. It's just I wasn't expecting it at all. Yeah, it, it's that double. You know, yeah. it's that heaviness that you get from a double IPA. I don't know how to you know identify flavors like that in things I drink. <laughs> I would say it is it is good and it is not a it is it is very mild in terms of bitterness. Yes, it, for no. sure. A it's lot almost of IPAs, not a... man, are really really bitter forward. This is 
there's a little bit of bitterness right in the middle, but it's yeah. got a, some sweetness on the front and the back. I totally agree. The yeah. uh, after aftertaste has some bitter on it too, but it's not like a normal yeah. IP, a double even IPA yeah. where you're like it smacks you in the face with that hop. In fact, if it didn't say double IPA on the can, I I wouldn't think it was a double IPA. I, if you had drank two of them, yeah, this, this is a this is an easy drink in IPA. I'll have to say, it's a yeah, session eight, double IPA where you find yourself on the floor the next morning. Yeah, eight point five percent. You wake up and you're like, I drank all four of those. So and why is no. everything damp? So, so we're not going to have a whole bunch of beer talk this time around because we don't nope. have a beer sponsor. Right, exactly. And that's why I wanted to talk about Ex Novo a little bit. And, you know, I had decided to go down there and, and buy the beer rather than have a sponsor specifically because I wanted to make sure that as we talk with Aaron, we can talk with you about what breweries you like in town, what type of beers and stuff you like as well. So if there's any um, breweries that kind of that suds up to the top, <laughs> that was the worst, the but you know what I mean. <laughs> I love uh, that. I mean, it takes a. It, I love a joke where it takes a few seconds, and then the people don't start laughing at the joke; they start laughing at you. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's the best. It feels so yeah. good. To I'm me. okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, I don't know. I like a lot of breweries here in town. You know. We were around for my wife and, her, and I live in Knob Hill. And so we were here when Tractor uh, Brewing in Knob Hill first opened. And that oh, was like awesome. one of the first outside of like maybe La Cumbre um, and Santa Fe Brewing, which hadn't made its way down to Albuquerque yet. That was like one of the first um, like craft breweries that was like around yeah they were definitely mm. an early one for sure and in the beginning we were actually you know because the, they did the co-op thing i don't know if they still do but we were mem- we were members at tractor for years yeah i was too i still um, have the uh the pint glass that you could get filled up and put the the it's like a mason jar when 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 uh, when oh, i joined right. yeah i remember those yeah, yeah. you could that and, was that was later in the, at the beginning they gave you like the growler okay and then they then there was one year they gave you the two mini growlers, and then there was a year they gave you a bag full of like four mate like four yep. or eight. Mini there's jars. nothing. There's no such thing as too many growlers. That's mm, <laughs> yeah. That's not entirely. Right. I mean, to add to the ones that are gathering dust in my cr- closet right now, <laughs> mine are on top of my fridge gathering dust. Yeah. Most of the breweries <laughs> I got growlers from don't even are not even open anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and we were we actually uh, held a. a place of pride in that place for a while yeah um we got to the point we were there we were, we were such regular customers that we would walk in and they would deliver our beer without asking yeah nice. it's new and that was barley wine now granted that was they would they would deliver that to the table when they had it because it was a seasonal thing and the the last i think the last year we were members we had the honor of drinking the very last glass of barley wine that Tractor had. <laughs> wow. And so oh. they gave us the goblet. They said, here, this is yours. Because oh, they couldn't cool. fill it all the way to the top. Yeah. So they're like, here's your consolation prize. And a, and a growler. <laughs> or not a growler, but the, the, a glass. Right. So we still have that. We still have that goblet. And then, <clears throat> and then you know, all the other breweries started opening up. So um, we like marble. Um, 
my wife likes the double whites and I typically drink double white. Um, but then I, I typically go for their IPAs. I like their, like, I love hazy IPAs. Yeah. Hazy IPAs. Yeah. Those are my go-tos. Yeah. And, but I also like all of their seasonal stuff, you know, like anything they do that's kind of like weird off the wall. Um, I really enjoy, uh, what was that? What's that brewery that's just up the street from Marvel? Um, God, it's been so Rio Bravo with pandemic, uh, not Rio Bravo. It's a small tap room and they do kind of experimental stuff. Is that one uh, one No. Dang. Um, I figured experimental would be like brew lab one one or something, but, um, it's, it's straight up. The, it's straight up, uh, uh, first street from where the, the marble brewery is downtown. I think I, think I know what you're talking think, about. I, I've never been there on top of my head. Because it's been it's been I mean it's been all years since at least, but I really like them because they they were the first brewery in town to like kind of I don't know, experiment with different types of stuff that you've never seen. Before, Are you talking like about Rio sours. Bravo off a of second? Nope. And the no, that's no, a, no, no, no. It's 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 mm-hmm. south of Rio Bravo, and it's on first, so it's a little. Is it the one that's attached to this, Napa? Wait, you're not talking about bow and arrow way down. <sighs> So you're gonna make me look it up. I know, it's right? None of these. <laughs> it's, it's not the one that that's behind Napa Auto Parts. It's like in the same building almost. No, it's kind of in this like industrial area north of north, like up in the uh, like in that industrial area. Of, it, it's, oh, it's, it's almost near on the Rio Bravo. And I, I I think I've driven it's past a, it, but I've never been there, so I don't I don't know their beer at all. You know, like it actually it, it might be near near that that place um i don't know i don't know if it's still in business i don't know if it survived oh, uh, i, I no. dj'd a wedding there and um one time i dj'd there. Uh, what is it called i know what you're talking about it's but, kind of... um, yeah well, i can't i can't remember right. on top of my head well listeners... but i like it because they they were doing like sours and uh like lots of kind of just Stuff that wasn't really well known at the time, and now now sours you can you can get a sour anywhere. Yeah, sours are kind of are I, kind of in vogue. Does it start with a D? D. I I accidentally pick up sours sometimes. I'm just like, oh, yeah, that looks cool. And none, then none, none of this makes good podcasting. So no, that's why I, that's why I'm just moving on. <laughs> God forbid any God forbid somebody who doesn't live in Albuquerque is listening. I know. I was so I was going to yeah. say, dear listeners, if you think you know uh, what uh, what we're trying to what we're trying to think of, just shoot it onto our Facebook page. It's got this like it's got this kind of um, outdoor area in the back that has these weird kind of like iron. That's um, the one I'm talking about. Sculptures. Yeah. yeah. Um, starts with a yeah. D. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, so they are not on the podcast right now. So hopefully (laughs) we can get them on the podcast. So you mentioned Uh, there's one down off. uh, There's one in like south of downtown called Sidetrack that we really like. I haven't been there. I like Sidetrack because they're the only place in town that has um, cask ales. Cask is one of the cask style is my favorite. Like you just They always have two yeah, they always have two cascales on tap. And they have a de- they have two dedicated cascale, actual traditional cascale taps. That's awesome. And now I have to go to side traps. And uh so we go down there because um that's the only place in town to get that kind of beer and my wife and I are both Anglophiles. We love England. Um 
uh, I mean, for certain reasons and not others. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who won the war, bro? But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess they're they're kind of in the same boat we are here. But yeah. um, you know, uh, <laughs> so uh, but we love you know we love England. We we really fell in love with Cascales on our first trip several years ago. I always go. We go to England every couple of years for a comic book convention in Northern England called Thought Bubble. And it's an amazing, it's an amazing show. I get to kind of hang out and catch up with all of my English friends. Um, Cause I've, the majority of the people I've worked with in comics have been from England. So, Interesting. Um, so that's great. And so we, like I said, we fell in love with Cascales. Um, I know they have kind of a bad rep- rep- reputation because they're, um, people people say they're kept at room temperature but they're not they're like kept at like cellar temperature which is somewhere between like in the 50s to like 60 degrees right which honestly i mean i i prefer that's a hard thing it's like it's it's like you're saying cascale they keep their temperature at that at the cellar right but england has come a long way they have everything refrigerated as well and you know i I was in uh, Holland and Heineken is everywhere, right? And I was like, oh, I, I guess I'll have a Heineken when in Rome, right? And I, <laughs> I know that when I drink it here, I'm like, meh. But when you have it in Holland, it's different and it's actually good and they have it everywhere. And it's like, all right, uh, cool. It's but called dialogue. Dialogue yeah. brewing. That's it. Yeah, dialogue. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Okay. He couldn't let it go. Mystery solved. Um, <laughs> he has no another... <laughs> idea what we were talking about at all. <laughs> I don't like England. <laughs> just like, kidding. Just in general? or <laughs> hate the whole place. Everything about it. Everybody from there. Everything Everything all the time. Yeah. That no, is not true. That's not true. Anyway. <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's another that brewery here that's close to us called High and Dry that opened up, I think, a couple of years ago. Um. So do you? I think the co. No, go ahead. I was just gonna say the co-owner of that is the is an architect guy who um, opened up this coffee local coffee shop called Humble. And oh, okay, uh, yeah. So there's a couple Humble coffee shop locations. I think he also just opened up like a food court place downtown. The the food hall, um, right? Yeah, the food hall, uh, which we haven't had a chance to check out. I mean, I know that they're all under COVID restrictions right now, so I'm not sure exactly how it's functioning. Right. But um, High and Dry is great. We can walk to it, and uh, which is nice. So we, we can walk to Tractor, but it's a good, like, 20-minute walk for us. But High and Dry, <laughs> like, track. it's just a few blocks away. We can stumble over there. They have a nice outdoor area. It's like, it's an old service station, so it the doors can lift up and in the summer it's all open. We really enjoy, they're constantly changing things up. They have, they, they make their, they brew their own stuff. And then they, um, you know, then they have guest taps that they bring in. We like that place because of the convenience, but we also, you know, we, we enjoy their beer. Um, they've, we, we kind of choose our beer based on percentage and okay. for percentage first. <laughs> and then style second. So we so have certain high, styles we like. High? Yeah, definitely higher. We're always okay. going for the highest. All right. And that, that really is about economy of drinking. Um, how can we get the most 
uh, liquor content or alcohol content in with the least amount of bloat. <laughs> I, I like that. Fair enough. Yeah. And so, so like, you know, I've, I've kind of, I used to really love porters and stouts and hefeweizens and all that kind of stuff. I, I can't really, they're, they're, it's too syrupy now. This whole bourbon barrel fad that's come around. Like at first I was, I was really trying, I was really trying to like that stuff, but now I drink it and like halfway through one, I just, I just feel like I'm drinking maple syrup. Like I'm just yeah. taking a jug of maple syrup and just you're know, chugging it. I just I, I, can't do that stuff anymore. Super chupa, like man, crisp and clean. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like you know, IPAs are good for that. Um, you know, double white is kind of a hefeweizen style beer. Totally, it's a wheat yeah. beer, but it's not as heavy as a traditional hefeweizen. That's my go-to so, beer. Like if if I'm at yeah. the if I'm at the store and I'm not sure what else to get, I just grab double white. Mm-hmm. I love that stuff. I used to be all about the marble of double white for a long time, and then yeah. it just changed. I don't know. I just mm. love that stuff. I'm not a heffy guy yeah. anymore. I'll drink it. Don't get me wrong. I like hazy, hazy yeah. IPAs, but yeah. I'm not. Yeah. That's not my go-to anymore. You know? Yeah. As soon as marble made yeah. an IPA, um, I just stopped drinking every other kind of beer. I was just like IPA for yeah. life. And I mean, <laughs> I do drink other stuff. I was addicted to Bex Pilsners and stuff for a little while, but I'm but, I'm kind of in the same boat with you. Like I used to love stouts, especially when I was younger. You know. And beer is kind of an image thing as well, right? So when you have a big stout in your hand, you're like, I'm a man. And your your voice is all little like that. I'm a man. <laughs> yeah, right? man I drink it when I drink. Yeah, get And you realize like, it's only like 4.5%. No, I used to drink the crap right. out of Guinness. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking I was so big. So did I, yeah. And then I realized that it's got the same percentage as Budweiser. And right. And it's easier to yeah. slam than any of those. Yeah, and it's you're just like, but I'm stout. It actually and then I just started it? to put on the pounds. Yeah. Guinness pounds, yeah. Guinness, and then you know, as as my um, p- palate changed and evolved, or however you want to call it, you know, I fell into IPAs, and I really like those. But then once the hazy IPA stuff started, I really, really like those. And that's that's where I've settled is hazy IPAs, and there are hi- hazy IPAs out there where I find them, and you pour it into a glass, and you're like. I can see through this. This isn't hazy. What Throw it against the wall, this? smashes. I do, and I'm just like, <laughs> clean that up. Clean you that tell. one up and bring Anybody? me another one because it actually tasted pretty good. So we're gonna have to ask you to leave. <laughs> the other, the other place that we really miss going to is is Santa Fe Brewing at the containers. Um, oh, oh yeah. If you're not from Green Jeans, yeah, if you're not from Albuquerque and you're not familiar, there's, there's Santa Fe Brewing, which is, I think they have West Coast distribution. Um, I'm not sure if you can get it east of here, but um, not they set up yeah, this. Not sure. I mean, Santa Fe Brewing didn't do it, but uh, there's a one of those container places, you know, shipping containers. Green Jeans, right? Yeah, Green, Green Jeans. Jeans. Yeah, it's called Green Jeans, and so there's there's like the brewery, and then there's all these like little food vendors, um, and then like outdoor there. seating area. You could. Um. I want go in your place at at Santa Fe, order your beer, and then then go grab a pizza from Amore, bring it in, or they'll deliver it in. We loved it, and we like it also because they have our really our favorite type of beer, um, which is barley wine, Uh, and uh, it kind of it kind of sits in a class completely its own. It really does. It's basically wine. It's 10 or 11% at, at, uh, Santa Fe. I had a 14. So we can drink like two of those and be completely done for the night. Oh yeah. Then, you know, be on our way. 
you know, like I'm at, I'm at most a 10 minute um, Uber or Lyft ride from any of our favorite breweries. And so that just became our MO. My wife works downtown, uh, you know, Thursday, Friday, whatever. I would hop in an Uber around five o'clock, meet her down at Marvel, have a couple drinks, take an Uber. I don't know where we're going to eat. And then, you know, we end the night at like high and dry and then stumble home. It was great. Yeah. And uh, uh, Jason seemed like a you... long lost fantasy. <laughs> I know. So, so long <laughs> ago. The early days. Uh, you said you had a 14% barley one. Barley yeah. one. Yeah. We, Do you remember I, where or what? I don't. I, I was know. just, I was just racking my brain trying to remember where it came from. But my, my roommate at the time brought it home and we split it cause it was in a, a, a bomber. Okay. So, and it was, uh, whew, it, yeah. They it basically it just tastes super boozy. Like it's it does. Oh, yeah, it kicks you in the face with the yeah. Yeah. alcohol taste. Now, yeah. have you ever had any of the offerings from Goose Island that come up at? I went to Jubilation. the brewery at Goose Island in Chicago when I was out there like seven or eight years ago, and I had one of those yeah. barley wines out there, and it was ridiculous. <laughs> but I mean, I was in an area that I didn't know with nobody that I knew, and I just like went there by yeah. myself. Like, do and I, I want to be trashed blasted in and... taxi back to the hotel? And <laughs> yeah, who knows You're... what happens? See, that's like... a that's a that's the thing we like to do. We have a couple like the 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 first uh, writers I ever worked with in comics, John uh, or Leia Moore and John Repion. They're a husband wife team. Have, uh, have... Leia is Alan Moore's daughter. Oh, and wow. uh, I got teamed up with them back in like 2009 on Sherlock Holmes thing. And we've been like really good friends ever since. Um, but, you know, it was years and years and years that before I ever saw him for the first time. I think our first trip to England was in 2015. And so we wanted to take them like a gift. And so it was, um, I think we had... I went to Jubilation and they had some Goose Island, um, not barley wine, but like some of their, you know, bourbon barrel age stuff or whatever. But I, oh, I they have that series two, that they two make. bottles of beer. Yeah, I bought them two bottles. And that's actually a bourbon barrel age beer that I enjoy. And it, it's super high percentage, but not super boozy. And they were like 19 and 20 percent. Holy! They were just a regular 12 ounce bottle, 12 ounce bottles. And we brought them, and <laughs> and I, I we we presented them to them, and then you know they laughed because in England you know you're lucky to find anything that's oh, like over 4.5, like in the five percent range they consider to be, you know like. The kind of the kind of shit that will uh, get you into a fight. Yeah, they're like, um, hey, slow down there. There, that's five point one percent. Yeah, there's a. That was a Canadian yeah, no, accent. A, no, I was like, wait, is he doing a Canadian? <laughs> accent? Yeah. I was about to join in, and I was like, wait, so you're a Canadian expat in Ireland? Is that what that? I'm was? just saying. I mean, he he was born in Canada. Yeah, and he moved there, to England. Yeah, 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 and over not here everybody's from, from the UK. Hoser, <laughs> man, I hosered that one up real bad. So they held on to these beers for several months and then finally they they decided to crack one open and they sent me like pictures of the empty bottle afterwards and they drank just one and they shared it and they were both wasted afterwards. Oh, no. and then they waited several more months before they drank the second one my wife and I, we, we would have polished off both of those the same night right, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean but they drink all day 
you know, like yeah. it's part of, and they drink from when they're like nine. <laughs> so yeah, well, and they have a beer out there called a, they have a beer out there called a mild, um, which is a like a two point five percent beer. Yeah. And I was like, what is this? This is like water that's been left out on the counter too long. What, so, is, what, what is the purpose of this? That's, that's a funny. So like, so talking about Ex Novo, Ex Novo, actually, I ha- when I bought this, I, I they have a new beer out that I hadn't noticed. It was an English mild and it was 4.1%. And so I have, I have this yeah. l- little coin where I can get a, a free five ounce pour of something. And I was like, well, I just drove yeah. down to pick this up, but. I mean, here's a, I get a five ounce, 4.1%. Sure. Let me taste that. And it tasted pretty good, but like, that's the funny thing. Like you're saying is like in England, all the ABV is lower. So their mild is like 2%. And here we're all like, well, we'll make an English mild, but let's kick it up a notch. You know, (laughs) it's an English American mild. Let's roughly double it. Like you see like these old English dudes in these pubs who like that's their life. They yeah. get off work and they go to the pub and they're at the pub until they go home and go to sleep. And they have these like tiny little like uh, pipe cleaner legs that are holding up what is basically like an earth ball. You remember like those earth balls like and you're in like P.E. and you'd be like doing the crab walk. And you have to like kick the earth ball and like, keep it up in the air. And it's like this big giant ball. Yep. Like that's their stomach, and then on top of the stomach is like this tight, this narrow little plank for a chest, and then like that, like it, it's just like they just have these beer bellies that are epic, and <laughs> and it's from drinking this kind of beer all day because the milds were created, you know, I mean they actually date back way earlier than the industrial era. They really kind of have their roots in medieval England when beer was the liquid you drank because water would kill you right because you're like oh we boil the water to make the beer so you so here drink beer that's your that's your liquid yeah yeah and so you could drink this shit all day long you could go to the factory um drink it all day long not worry about like losing your fingers and the gears because you can't see straight and (laughs) and it's just persisted and it's become part of the culture like my friend john said that you know there you would he could go out like if, if he was going out and doing like a, a pub day, he'd just drink like maybe a couple dozen miles. <laughs> Holy shit. Over like an afternoon and an evening. And it's, it's like, like you drink three you American consume beers. consume that much liquid. <laughs> right. Like, oh, you gotta my be hydrated, God. bro. It's hydrating. It feels good. I splash a little on my face. That's good. That's great. <laughs> it's, yeah. So, oh, yeah. man. So have we have we um, introduced Darren and what he does for a living? I no. mean, what did you say? He's you're, the, he's the oh, yeah. guest. You, you're the guest. I'm, you said just, you said I'm, your job was I what? I was just walking by Astro Zombies <laughs> and they were like, "Hey, you have a I like the cut of your beard. I like the so cut of your chip. Have a beard. <laughs> have a beard." <laughs> so, so what is it? Uh, I, I mean, I don't know you. I've never met you. I, I guess you go. You know these guys. So what? What do you do? I am a comic book artist. Um, currently, I'm probably best known for my recent run that just wrapped up uh, John Constantine Hellblazer for Ooh. Black Label for DC. Nice. You killed it, by the way. The, just, you killed thank it. Thank you. <laughs> Very um, good. IGN.com named it the best series of 2020. Take that, um, suckers. And we've been on, I don't know, <laughs> I think over a dozen other best of lists. It was on, we were on the top 10 list for Entertainment Weekly. And 
It was definitely yeah, I'm not in sure my, what else. It was definitely Gosh. in my top five for sure last year. Like it was one of the things I looked forward to reading to the most when it when it showed up. God dang it! Yeah. Why the hell didn't I buy Thank all you. those? I bought. I bought this yeah, weird first book called is, Infidel. I don't know. Well, yeah, I'll get to that. Yeah, the first trade is the wow. first trade is available right now. It's called Marks of Woe. Marks of Woe. So I'm not sure when the second trade will be out. Aren't you tired of being and the then, best? We uh, we are sold out of it right now. But, and then uh, and then uh, I think prior to that, uh, I would be known for the book which uh, Chad just recommend or just suggest. Uh, blah, 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 blah. I just mentioned. Just I recommend Infidel. all those things. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, that book got NPR's top 100, right? It did, yeah. Yeah, uh, NPR top 100 horror stories of all time. Of all time. Uh, 2018, 300 best books of the year. So that was books. That was that was prose. We were on the same list as Michelle Obama's uh, autobiography. That's insane. Uh, wow. Which was. <laughs> and yeah, it's so, so much better than that book. <laughs> 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 it's no. probably less less dry i guess i, I don't know I mean, I'm sure she's probably fascinating like <laughs> you, you, you but, better um, believe she lived you know in those those eight years yeah yeah oh yeah um but you know I'm, i doubt she encountered like ghosts True. um you never <laughs> know <laughs> she, she lived at the white house dude i mean like <laughs> yeah i don't know maybe yeah yeah <laughs> michelle obama go, go ghost hunter <laughs> i thought lincoln was a vampire hunter well, Lincoln, uh, we we digest. Dude, that anyway, movie. <laughs> the movies are so much fun. So yeah, uh, Infidel came out through Image uh, in 2018. Uh, uh, I co-created that with Pornsack Pichichot, who was who was the writer on the book. Um, it's currently in pre-production for film through uh, Sony and uh, another company called uh, Sugar Twenty Three. Uh, which won an Oscar for the film Spotlight. Oh, um, nice! About the about the priests diddling kids in uh, Boston, and the Boston Globe investigation into that diddling. Um, so, which is a really uh, good movie. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah great film. I haven't seen and, it. I really I should, but uh, yeah, they also they also produced the the OA and the Revenant and oh, Maniac, a uh, bunch of stuff. So, cool, uh, yeah, wow. so that's super exciting. That option just got renewed recently too. So good. Uh, so they're and they, we've got a director attached already. Well, do the director has been attached for a while. Do and have, then they they have a. Sorry, I I don't mean to interrupt. Do you have uh, any actors attached, or um, <clears throat> I just mean uh, I'm a classically trained actor. I um, if you uh, <laughs> like, no, he has uh, anything to do with casting. I know, right? <laughs> That's, but that's yeah. that's a funny no. thing is I don't know I don't know if you've talked to like people or like acquaintances most likely not friends but when they find that out it's like that one of the first things they ask you is like oh was, well hey can you give me a job one, <laughs> there was there was I had one encounter where I kind of felt like the individual was was asking so do you have like any input <laughs> in you like know who works on like like yeah. how much how much input do you, do you have i mean you were like, the artist so you get to look at you get to cast right like it has to match your vision like, you know a little bit of makeup and i like, make I a great we, air we have, woman no, I'm just we, saying. we we gave the, they gave us a lot of money and to basically say go away right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> here's your like, money thank you for the story thanks listen, for your ideas and i'm fine with that i i i 
like have absolute faith in Sugar 23 to do something amazing because of just what they've done, you know, in the past. Yeah, you you listed um, some strong director, stuff. So the director is is pretty is amazing. He's he's a one or two time nominated Academy Award nominated uh, foreign film director. This would be oh, okay. his first. His first. Well, no, it's not his first. Uh, his name is Hani Abu Assad. Um, he, he did two um, sort of Palestinian films. One was called Omar. The other one was called Paradise Now. And then his his sort of directorial debut was called The Mountain Between Us with Idris Elba and Kate Winslet. But cool. this Some this would names. be the sort of the first film where he gets to work in his niche, which is anything that that deals with kind of Muslim issues um, and issues of race and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and then you add on the horror and the supernatural element to that. And right. it's probably kind of a perfect storm for me. From what we understand, I mean, he, he lobbied to be the director for it. So, nice. which, which I can, um, so... I, I told all, all the listeners, I told you we're kind of breaking the way we do everything right now because it's just different. We don't have the beer sponsor. So as we're on um, Infidel, uh, you know, as we talk about our comic books, that's the comic book that I read for my this week's thing that I read. You and should know. You should have read everything that I've ever drawn. I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I mean, but I, I haven't I was read like, everything you've ever drawn. Yeah. I was just like, I, I, I mean, need, even even in comics, like you you'll, you'll have something. like a fast, you'll have a fast friend with like another creator in comics, and you could have never read a single thing that they've ever done. Right. Exactly. Like, I we, mean, there's you, so you know, much. We, out we there. don't like. There's so like, especially for artists, we have so little time to do anything other than drawing yeah. that, you know, a lot of people expect that we're experts. I mean, honestly, and it's like, I don't know. I haven't read that. Like, I, was, I haven't read that. I haven't read anything. <laughs> speaking of your art and saying you have very little time to do anything else. I was really upset that you were telling us that you went out to a brewery with your wife there because I want you to sit down and draw more art. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and disagree with that. Please have a life, Eric. Yeah, yeah, you're, no, you're allowed 100%. to have a life. Hundred um, percent. So the funny thing was, is I was, you know, I was like, well, I need to, you know, I need to pick something up and and get myself familiarized with kind of your style or 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 at least something that you did, right? Um, and Patrick from Bosky Brewing, who's been a guest on the show, he recommended Infidel, and it was, you know. I, the trade paperback was here and I was like, cool, I can have the whole story that way. I've, I've got it all. Astro um, zombies will always have a copy of infidel. Yeah. It's sort of our go-to whenever, whenever somebody asks about horror comics, it's sort of the first thing I recommend. Yeah. And it's, I mean, f for a good reason. And I, Chris, you told me, I, I was like, I'll read w one or two chapters and then I'll read a couple other books so that I have something current to talk about. Uh, and you told me, just read this. No, you actually. So oh, you, you said. I don't recall. Yeah, right. Sorry, where, I was trying to lead you we? into something. Well, it's sorry. Right. One of the fifteen thousand conversations we have in here. I know, day. right? He said. Uh, he said you're you're not going to be able to put it down. And I read the whole thing. That makes sense. The the I read the intro. I read Jeff Lemire's um, his his afterward. I read how the um, 
how the image for the cover was created for that for uh-huh. for for this trade and the interesting thing is the 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 story was written so well and it was interesting because you you said uh pornstack uh I can't pronounce the last name pornstack pishit shot Thank you. That's what I said. Um, <laughs> and uh, every time you, every time you want to say his full name, just just edit what I just said into it. Right. I'm just going to be like <laughs> your voice. It'll be your voice, and then then it'll be me saying it. <laughs> I think I'll do that. Um, but the, you know, I did a little bit of of looking into him a little bit also because the the story was so good, um, and that was his first written comic book, right? Mm-hmm. And it was written very well. And with the the art that you put to it, it 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 married so well together. I don't know that that book could have been done without either one of you guys on it. Plus, um, sorry, uh, via via Rubia, mm-hmm. the the colorist and all that. I think he was the colorist. He was also right? our editor. Yes, he was our colorist and editor. Oh wow! Yeah, like this this th- double duty. This book was just yeah. in in my opinion it was this weird coming together of the perfect people for the perfect jobs to make one thing. And so I, I just, I think it's amazing. It was, it was really, really good. Well, thank you. And really a lot of, a lot of the credit for that goes to Jose. He's the one that put the team together. Um, Jose, Jose is a colorist who's been in the industry for, I don't know, close to three decades now. Uh, I went to school at the Maryland Institute College of Art. He was a professor there. He had just begun teaching and he was doing computer classes at the time when they, when he was first hired. Uh, and so unfortunately I never had him as a professor, but uh he started working with uh an artist uh from kind of the mid to late 90s named Stephen John Phillips. Stephen John Phillips uh was a photographic uh artist. So like all of the stuff that he did for Vertigo it was photograph based. Okay. Um it's kind of interesting he did a lot of covers uh, there was a series that he did all the covers for called Kiyosukuro. And uh, uh, kind of these very, like, all of his covers kind of reminded me of the R.E.M. video, Losing My Religion. Um, not really sure why. Uh, <laughs> but, but That's me in the spotlight. They, they did. <laughs> there was um, just the girl from the B-52s Steve- dancing in the background the whole time? <laughs> <laughs> Steven was one of my professors. I had Steven in a bunch of classes. I had him in like a photo illustration class and a comic book class. And I don't know, I had a bunch of classes. He was this fascinating guy. And uh, uh, he was really good friends with Jose. He got hired to do a OGN for Vertigo called Veils and uh, all photographic. Uh, Steven figured out pretty quickly that he was a bit in over his head in terms of being able to do the entire thing by himself. So he hired uh, Jose to work on backgrounds and colors. Um, And a lot of the colors in that book were really kind of just toning photographs. 
because Stephen would work in like sepia tone. And so they, he would just go in and kind of lay in these like kind of color washes. And then he would do a lot of like the background work on them. And so Jose came in uh, and he lectured a few times in class. So we knew him that way. Uh, he was like this really fabulous gay man who was like complete, like in late nineties, completely unabashed about who he was um, in Baltimore, Maryland. And so he was just this fascinating individual. And so I always remembered him. He developed his uh, uh, coloring career to become what is, I think he's now considered the most prolific colorist in the industry. He's colored more pages than any other living color colorist. Oh no! Maybe wow, 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 wow. maybe any colorist ever. I, I'm not sure. It's 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 pretty insane. And uh, so, I reconnected with Jose when I got got into comics and kind of kind of reintroduced myself at Baltimore Comic Con, and we became friends pretty quickly. And uh, you know, I I all the whole beginning, the whole like first like six seven years of my career was at dynamite and i was starting to kind of sour on the kind of work i was doing and having a lot of trouble finding motivation and then out of the blue jose messaged me through facebook asking me if i was interested in doing like this short um uh uh series uh with this former vertigo editor uh and it was horror and i was like absolutely Are you kidding me like he, he would be the colorist he'd be the editor i'd been wanting to work with jose for years but dynamite couldn't afford him and uh uh and so uh and, and i'd been wanting to do horror like i knew like like horror had always been the thing that gra i gravitated towards but i'd kind of gotten pigeonholed into like spy stuff and period period stuff Right, you did yeah, some like James anything, Bond, anything right? With like trench coats and fedoras, you know. Yeah, like Green that's Hornets, that's what I was kind of doing. And Sherlock Holmes, Green Hornet, The Shadow, and then Felix Leiter, and I did a book called Uncanny with Andy Diggle, uh, and yeah. and so uh, that was my chance, and it completely reshaped my entire outlook on comics, my entire career. It's all completely changed because of because of Jose. Uh, and because of Infidel. And then Pornsack himself, coming from an editorial background, has like an incredibly collaborative process. So he was completely open to ideas. And so we, we ended up working totally in tandem. And there's a lot of story elements that I ended up like providing, like little beats here and there. And so um, I, think, I really felt like I had ownership over the project. And awesome. I think a and, process like that makes for the best comics. Like, 100%. Yeah. When yeah. when everybody feels like they're like they're in on the project equally. Labor yeah. of love too. Yeah. 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 This is what I want to do. This is what I want to do. <clears throat> yeah. And you, you get validation, you have skin in the game, and everybody is like, let's do this together, you know. So you kinda answered the question I was gonna ask you there, uh, Aaron, is you know, if it's a first time writer and even though you've done lots of stuff you haven't done image books up to that point so i was wondering how a first-time writer was able to get his foot in the door at image because usually you have to start you know at boom or something like that's when you're having I, those yeah, stuff porn sack knows everybody that there is to know porn sack and jose but both between the two of them there's not a person in comics that they don't know cool. probably cool <laughs> sounds like a good person and, to know, you know porn sack was porn sack was a vertigo editor for like 10 years 
He worked with uh, Jeff Lemire on Sweet Tooth. Uh, I think he edited The Losers. Um, God, I can't even can't even remember like all of the stuff that Day Trippers. I think I think Pornsack edited. Yeah, yeah. Um, American Vampire. I think. Oh wow! Uh, like there's a there's a ton. That's a Vertigo of DC, so that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a ton of stuff that Pornsack worked on, and so he already understood obviously story structure. He came from a writing background to begin with. Okay. He he ended up like he ended up as a Vertigo editor on a lark. It was like, hey, there's an opening. Somebody, so a friend was like, hey, there's an opening in Vertigo. You should go apply. And he and at that time, I don't know if they still do it, but at the time, there was like a, a editing test that you had to do, and it was it was it was like formulated. It was it was standardized. Like a Beatrice test or something. Yeah. Yeah, and they would give you this packet. And you had an hour, and you had to edit it. And he passed, and he, <laughs> he, got, got, the job. he got a job as like an assistant editor, I think. That's amazing. And then, That's awesome. And he just stayed on. And he then, just... and then at 10, 10 years or so of that, and then he was moved over into DC Entertainment, and he helped launch like the whole DC lineup of TV. Honestly, wow. I would so... not be happy as an editor. I don't think. <laughs> I no, it seems like no, such a difficult era, job. You know? What era of DC TV was that? Uh, green, uh, so it was post Smallville, but okay. it was it was uh, Green Arrow. So it was Arrow and uh, Flash and Arrow, Flash, like all like all of the that CW stuff. stuff. Like all of the all, yeah, all the post Smallville stuff. Okay, some of that stuff's real good. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah, we were watching the Flash yesterday. It's yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. completely grown on me. It's one of those things where like. I'm not a huge Buffy. Yeah, I like the movie Buffy, but I didn't like the show Buffy. And usually, with CW comes out with like, you know, Vampire Diaries and like it's kind of teenage stuff. And yeah. I didn't really like Smallville at all, honestly. I, I love it. Was that not show. my show, man. <laughs> yeah, I was. It. I was playing it on Tuesdays, and you just like, you hated it so much. I just stopped because I was like, <laughs> I'm making Chris miserable with this. <laughs> Whatever. I'm in the back. I don't. I don't. It's that song though. That song makes me yeah. want to smash things. I love it. Yeah. I loved. So you're right. It's but... not. It, it wasn't. A, you know. I think a lot of people think it's a lark because they've never seen his name before. Because right. You know, there's very few fans out there that pay attention to the names of editors. Um, I mean, true. Probably yeah. the only editors that people could really have named at the back, back at that time were people like Karen Berger and I don't know. <laughs> they probably at the time were still like Karen Stan Lee. Stan Lee's yeah. editing, right? Yeah. Yeah, Stanley. Well, Karen Berger, like she that. was like so, the big name at Vertigo, right? She created Vertigo. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and, and wait, that so... wasn't Neil Gaiman. <laughs> <laughs> well, without without her, we don't get Stanley. the house that Neil Gaiman built. Yeah, I think Karen is the one that went to. I think Karen is the one that went to Neil and was like, "Hey, we want you to pitch us an idea for a book. What do you think? What do you want to do?" And that's that's when he came back with them with the idea of like revamping this old uh, DC character, but like completely reinventing him. Uh, but um, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Uh, so there's, so all, listeners... there's so many different tangents, and and like I like I'm not the best person to ask for like you know classic industry stories because I attend so few conventions that I don't have that like backlog of of classic stories built up that so many other people have. Yeah. But, um, uh, what were we talking about? Where, where did we get off track here? I don't know where, where we, we got off track. Well, but we I were brought talking up about how you got into <laughs> image 
because it's not you know it's it's not easy to get an image. So I was impressed. Oh that, yeah, you know, yeah. And that's kind well, of well. We, we have the see this this all goes back in like I know you know uh, probably one of the questions coming up is how do I get in comics and it's these are all related. Hey man, um, how'd you get into comics? Yeah, it's it's. Um, <laughs> how'd you get into I mean, comics? I wanna, and how okay, I so I, I probably it? shouldn't like name names, but uh, even Pornsack probably what porn second jose wasn't really enough to get us fast tracked on a book at image but we had help from someone right okay uh, who basically told eric stevenson hey you should make this book <laughs> Pay and because of that we got we got responses really quickly and it was just like yeah this is great green like greenlit so so and then so what about like all we had to do after that was all we had to do with it after that was like actually like we we sent in an eight page uh, I think it was the first eight pages that we did. Um, Dude, that second page is unbelievable. So ah, the first panel yeah. blows my mind, and you know just the way it's presented, and then like the flies, and then you see the 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 ghost over her, and you're like, oh my god, that the explanation for what she smells. And then the image you provide is like it hits you in the face. And I remember the first time I saw it, I was just like, "Wow, this is yeah." I'm so on board with this. And and then it turns out it was really good. So, <laughs> but anyways, enough of your butt kissing. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I will I will Please, say <laughs> I will Please say Aaron, <laughs> uh, it was the first pages, first eight pages. Uh, I'll 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 confirm that for you. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, I okay. can tell you. I can yes. tell you everything that was in the proposal because it's in the yeah. trade. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Matter. Nice. I have not read any of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. That's the thing. Like, if anybody's interested in finding out how to do a, a pitch for Image, buy the trade of Infidel. Yeah, seriously, it's all right there. Entire pitch package, which we presented to Eric Stevenson, which got us greenlit. So, and, if you even if you don't read horror, if horror is because. I don't know how many times I have talked to people and they were like, oh, yeah, I've heard of it, Infidel, but I, I can't read it because. So that's horror, the thing I is horror. I, I was going to mention that at some point is I, I don't like horror. I'm not a horror guy. Neither I, am I. Right. I really am not. And I love it. <laughs> the thing about this book is it it is horror. And as I was reading it, um, like my my toilet ran suddenly it doesn't happen very often it happens rarely and there's it, a breeze on your neck and it the just door closed it scared the shit out of me and i was like ah that's why i don't like horror and then <laughs> I, I was turning a page where somebody's cell phone goes off on the turn page or page turn whatever you say and uh as i turned the page my my cell phone had a text come that through is, and it scared the shit out awesome. of me and i'm just like God, <laughs> it's right there. Yeah. and then my dog my dog was my dog was laying down on the bed as i'm just sitting there reading and she's i call her the cow because she just makes this weird noise and she makes it all the time but she's just all like hmm and i was like what are you doing that was creepy because it wasn't loud it was just weird and and then he went to a swimming pool it was full of skeletons it was so and- so chairs you, were flying around the room. But the, <laughs> so you don't do horror because it scares the crap out of you. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't do horror just because it doesn't. It, it's just not a genre that's ever so, connected with oh, me. So what's me. cool about Infidel is yeah, it's a horror book, but I mean like the real horror is well, freaking racism, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. right. So that's, that's what, what makes that's, it. Such that's what I was trying to get at. Is one of the things is your 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 art gets that horror and it it sets the mood in a way that I don't know that the mood would be set without it 
right? So right. if you just had that story and you read it as a prose, it would be like, oh, I get it, racism. <laughs> totally. Cool. Ghosts, I get it. racist ghosts. But when, when, you, when, you tie in, when you tie in your art and the story, you set the mood, and it's, it's terrifying as you read it. And in my opinion, and this is a 2018 book, I'm going to spoil here. The, I don't know if I'm spoiling because this is just what I took away from it. That that horror element of the ghosts and all those things is human beings. It's mm-hmm. it's the lingering things that people who have died leave behind for other people to think racism or xenophobia or anything is a good idea, and yeah. and the way it's presented I think is is brilliant on all accounts. So I'm I'm really glad I read it. It's very good. Oh, thank you. So and so I've always like wanted to ask you this question, Aaron. Go ahead. What's that? Um, I was going to say, you know, r- racism is generational. It doesn't just it doesn't stop when your parents. No, absolutely. Die. Mm-hmm. In fact, they kind of they're the reasons most people are racist is because your parents like said it was okay, even though you you've learned otherwise. Yeah. There's still you know an inkling of ah. Uh, Racism, and, and even if they don't understand that, that's the ghost that they're leaving behind of yeah. racism. Is like, mm-hmm. well, oh. it's it's kind of like um, people think that there's like there's there's so many people out there saying there's no like the legacy of racism from the Civil War is gone. Mm-hmm. No. It's like if you think that the if you think <laughs> that the legacy of racism from the Civil War is gone, um, then how do you how do you explain the legacy of Southern? How do you explain the legacy of 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 any culture? Because by that somebody broke into the Capitol building today, waving a Confederate flag. Right, like, exactly. That is a yeah. that's a thing that actually happened right. yeah. today, January sixth, twenty twenty one. By the yeah. way, today, oh, Jesus. Um, I was trying to avoid that. We're talking about this right now. <laughs> I mean, no, if we're talking no. about a book that deals with racism, I if, feel like if culture, bringing, yeah. if culture itself does not die then how can you expect racism to just die cultures cultures have to be exchanged have to be changed and altered the only way a culture dies is through outside influence things still exist because that's just the way the world functions the way society functions right memory is is memory is almost genetic uh, yeah. in the way that it, it passes its genes on to generation after generation. So you can't, it, it requires an active effort to supplant. So, you know, and we saw that on full display today. Uh, I haven't been home to like look at the news and I haven't had an opportunity to check out my phone. I just saw the headline, so I don't know all of it and I don't want to get into it here, but yeah. Fuck no, no, we bullshit. shouldn't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's all I've been doing today is watching the news. I, mean, I, think, I think finished a cover. I finished the latest Vampire the Masquerade cover for issue nine of of that for Vault today. Is, is that Tim Seeley? And then that was it. Yeah, for Tim Seeley. <laughs> that was it. And uh, and then that was that was it. Like the rest of the day, I was pay- I was just pacing and watching the TV. Yeah, I was kind of and it reminded me of nine eleven because. Today. Right. It reminded me of 9/11 because I was I, I had just moved to New York City um, for grad school uh, two weeks before 9/11 happened. Oh, jeez. And that entire day, all I did was pace and watch the news. Yeah. And it's the last time I ever did that. And that was 20 years ago. Yeah, that's how it was. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. Today was definitely different. 
Yeah. And today, <laughs> so and today is it's. But it's, that's not what this is about. It's no, not at all. <laughs> so what, oh, do you, what do you have to say, Jason? <laughs> It was going to be about that, so let's just oh, move okay. on. So, so my question, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and I've I, wanted I, to ask you this for like two years, but what's the motivation in the infidel where you know you have your protagonist, and then the protagonist kind of changes halfway through the book because yeah. you know? And spoiler alert, guys, the main protagonist ends up in a coma, and and mm-hmm. then the protagonist kind of changes to her best friend, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, you don't see that very often, so I thought it was super cool, and yeah. I just wanted to pick your brain a little bit about that. The funny thing about that is it was well, it was done so well artistically and written. You almost don't notice. I didn't really notice that. Yeah, until yeah. you just pointed yeah. it out. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, these. Well, are a the- lot of it, like good horror, subverts your expectations. Right. Okay. And if you want to keep people, like horror requires you to keep your keep your viewer uh, or reader or whatever off balance. Because it's only it's only uncertainty, yeah. It's only in uncertainty that you can create unease. Now, like there's levels. I think Stephen King is the one who said, you know, there's three types of horror. Shock. There's there's shock, horror, and terror. Okay. And it's terror is you come home, and all of your furniture has been moved two inches. Oh shit! That is so terrifying. You're like, what um, the hell? <laughs> or you, you come no into why. the comic book store you work at, and the sale cards are all over the floor. Yeah. <laughs> this happened three days well, ago. Yeah. Actually, I think I think the quote, and this actually, okay, wait, actually, this is Ray exactly Bradbury who said this. <laughs> this is Ray Bradbury who said this. Stephen King has a version of it that's a little more simple. But Ray Bradbury says, terror is you come home and all of your, like everything you own has been replaced with an identical, like a, an exact duplicate. <laughs> you don't know why. Right? Be so you don't know why, but you know that everything in your fucking house has been replaced by an identical <laughs> copy of that thing. <laughs> that is terrifying. Uh, horror is, is uh, uh, basically the gross out. It's like the... Uh, the 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 wolf that jumps out at you in the middle of the night the jump scare which is the part the, I have the least respect well, for that's honest. that that's, the the, the hor- it's well not no that's the shot that's shot right right yeah. and that's the what I startle. thought so the the horror is is you know the sort of the gross out Stephen King calls it the gross out and what he said is if I can't if I can't instill true terror in somebody I'll go for the gross out and if I can't go for the gross out I'll go for the shock. Okay. So, yeah. So it's the last resort. So, the only, yeah, but the only way that you can get through any of those levels is by creating a certain sense of, uh, of, of a certain sense of security, comfort, and security. Yes. Thank you. Um, in your reader and then, and then utterly subverting that. Um, and it's then perfect. that 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 turn that makes your reader suddenly come off balance, and so uh, and that's how you get to terror. That's how you get to true terror, which is very difficult. And um, in comics, it's almost impossible to do uh, because you can see it coming. The right. jump, so we were always scary, like yeah. we were always very conscious of the page turn. Like I'm terrible. No at the page other turn. genre. Yeah, no other genre in comics is so dependent on this page turn, because if your if your big shock is on the opposing page, then it doesn't mean anything. You had on a 
page turn, a phone going off, and my phone went off as I turned it, and that combination yeah. scared the shit yeah, out of yeah, me. And, sure. and then you see the dude, I'm like, then you no. see the guy standing there. And so what we're going to do is we're going to move into talking about some current comics that uh, came out, and I think I think Superman is first up. Yeah, yeah. So the book I'm bringing to the table today is Future State colon Superman of Metropolis, um, which, like most of these uh, Future State books, are like somewhat antholo- like anthology based. Um, all of them seem to have a couple stories in them, except for the Wonder Woman one. That was only one story. And the Swamp Thing. And the Flash one. Anyway, so, but <laughs> but these ones that sort of have like a, sort of a larger universe around them, like Batman and Superman, have further stories in them besides the 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 first one. So the first, the one I'm bringing is Superman of Metropolis, which focuses on John Kent, Jonathan Kent, who's uh, Clark and Lois's son. Um, some it doesn't tell us what. But something's happened with Clark. He's not. He's not around anymore. It seems to. It seems to imply that he's still alive, but he's just not around. So, for all intents and purposes, John is the Superman in Metropolis at this point. Okay. Um, and there's some sort of derivative of Brainiac that has that has like sort of moved in and taken over things in Metropolis, and John is trying to deal with that. Um, and he ends up making a decision to, to save Metropolis that is somewhat controversial. And I think if this is like really the direction that they took with Jonathan Kent going forward, that this would be his like, in, in Hal Jordan's life, the destruction of Coast City is sort of like the thing that like, it's like the big mistake in that character's development and i think that this might be the thing for jonathan that does like a regret yeah like a big regret like for instance with john stewart he he couldn't save the planet zanchi and so that's always like the big guilt thing for him and i think so basically jonathan uses brainiac tech to basically put metropolis in a bottle like like the city of candor yeah the candor Yeah, yeah like so that's a bad idea. Yeah, no, it's that bottle gets dropped all the time, I think. <laughs> it does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Little it's, tiny tiny earthquakes. Oops. <laughs> so he's dealing with this new character that's somewhat like a it's like an offshoot of Brainiac, but it seems to have more personality. Um Honestly, as a Superman fan, like I'm I like Superman a lot. And I think that this is a story that that's is sort of worthy of his legacy being passed on to his son. Okay. Um, it's, it's difficult. Like there, it almost seems like there's no, there's no good choice for Jonathan, which is, I always appreciate whenever you can put a character as, as, as uh, powerful as Superman in a situation where their, their power isn't what's going to get them out of it. Right. They have to make a decision and, you, I feel like the way you tra- you challenge a character like this is you put him in a situation where there's no good choice. They're both negatives, the, and you have to you have to like politics. Yeah, you have yeah. to choose choose the lesser you, of two evils. Yeah, and I think that this uh, that this story does a good does a good job of that. Um, and I'm interested to see where it goes going forward. So is that Supergirl? Yeah, it's Supergirl, and she's you know she's older than John at this point. So oh, so it is original. Yeah, it's Cara. like Kara Zor-El. Okay. And, yeah. And she's like, you know, she's going to be in a like full on like 
I mean, she's it's, she kind of gives off like I'm in my 30s vibe. <laughs> so so here's the thing, and I'm trying not to be too jaded about all of all of this future state stuff, and I am. But um, <laughs> I'm on, I'm same with you. Like uh, I, I don't want to get into it too much, but there's several different stories, and we don't know when it takes place. Yeah, it could be right now for okay. all we know. Right. So that's what I was going to ask anybody if you knew how far into the future it was. Well, here's the thing, seems and they be, say in the seems first to be different for comic book. book. Comic book, Aaron. Do you know? <laughs> I know. You... I know nothing, and even if I did, I couldn't say anything. Oh my god! Right, 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 right. He's, <laughs> he's sworn the secrecy. He's given his blood. It's a DC. only. No, no, it's I, only between no, us no, I, I, and the roughly twenty <laughs> listeners that we though, have. Though, All twenty I, listeners. Though I can say that I, I, I will be, will be working for DC for at least the next year. Wait, really? Oh, cool. It is. It's well, that's excellent. It's not. It's not on any DCU stuff. I'm. I'm. It looks like I'll be. Living in black, black label. I I prefer it anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um. I will say that at the beginning of these books, it does talk about how the the Dark Knight's death metal affected and is now done, and how this is going to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's going to. These are Elseworlds, basically. These. Yeah. These. This are isn't even Earth One. This is Earth Forty Seven yeah, right. or whatever. Like it's not Earth One. These are possible futures for these characters. So like this is. I'm sorry to interrupt you again, but what this feels like is spaghetti thrown at the wall to see what sticks to bring into whatever they want to move forward with. And I imagine there will be a certain amount of it that sort of stays canon because it sells yeah. well or the fans seem to connect with it. Mm-hmm. That that would be my guess. But right. I mean, I don't really well, know. If it, this is, is, if it is like if it is like Earth, you know, 238.4. Right. That's like a great way to do it because it's like, I mean... We've lived with these characters in Earth One, or you know, whatever yeah. the prime DCU world is, for so One. long that, you know, it's 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 like how long can you keep doing that and keep it interesting? And you know that anytime you screw with characters, you're going to create just intense polarization amongst fan base. Right, right, so right. They feel alienated just, whenever you do anything to their characters. Yeah, you, you either go into the future or you just create, you know, an Elseworld, you know, uh, uh, universe. And we already know that there's infinite, you know, uni- infinite versions of the DCU. I thought there were only so 52. Let's, go, let's go see what's happening in the Terran, you know, universe. <laughs> well, and I think 52 got <laughs> scrapped a long time ago. I think that's, well, kind of, that's what this seems to be, is it's, it's possible futures for these characters. Right. So... so Nothing is really set in stone, and each and each book, like Marvel Marvel twenty ninety nine. It's exactly what I've yeah. That's really the Chris several been, times today. Yeah. But could, could you put yeah. a question mark on it then? Future, Future state, state? <laughs> like a podcast. <laughs> Future state. <laughs> Listen, uh, they're not all going to use the same marketing techniques as you. Jim. I know, right? Um, Sorry, continue, man. <laughs> but like, and each one seems to be kind of taking its own its own sort of stance on like how far in the history, how far in the future is this? You were saying the swamp thing is this, kind of like at yeah, the, the end. The of swamp it, thing is like the after world. the earth is like imploded, has like almost wiped humanity out. And hmm. this, and so this, 2021. <laughs> yeah. At this rate. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the, and this one seems to not be all that far in the future. Cause this version of Jonathan Kent doesn't look all that much older than like where a, Jonathan's been in late teen. 
or, I mean, or mid twenties, like mid twenties, mm-hmm. and he's like in his late teens right now. Well, if if, if the if main Supergirl's given off a thirty year old vibe, yeah, thirty ish. You know, she was mid twenties now, right? So I mean, yeah, ten so, years in the future. Or something. So this doesn't seem to be all that far in the future. And then the uh, neither does the Batman one because the the Harley Quinn one kind of takes place in the same sort of continuity as the next Batman, mm-hmm. and she doesn't look any older in that. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah. And she's definitely one that will age because she has. No yeah, she's not. She's she's, she's not gonna have any extra. Same with Batman. He ain't got no superpower. Yeah, but we'll get. We're there. not gonna spoil that yet. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> Come on, bro. But anyway, <laughs> so the the first story in this, and I want to give the creators their due. Um, so it's written by Sean Lewis, John drawn by John Timms with uh, Gabe Eltrabe on colors and Dave Sharp on letters. Um, one of the other things that seems to be the case with these with these future state books is I think they're giving a lot of a lot of uh, like newer creators sort of a time time like time to shine. Here's your two issues. Good luck. Right. Yeah. Here's yeah, your yeah, two yeah. issues. Like if it sucks, then you're not getting any more work. <laughs> <laughs> Fair um, and I think that's cool. And there's they're doing a lot of uh, they're doing they're making choices to to employ a lot of more diverse creators. It seems in all of this. Yeah, which is cool, um, but there's three stories in here, and that first one, the first one, foc- the first and longest one, focuses on Jonathan Kent. Um, the second one focuses on a new Mister Miracle. So the second story is by written by Brandon Easton, drawn by uh, Valentine Delandro, which is a name I have not heard before, with uh, Marissa Luis on colors and or Louise, I'm not sure which, uh, and Dave Sharp on letters. It's focusing on a new on a new Mr. Miracle and different he, dude. Yeah, like, it's a different dude. I really like that that art and color though. Yeah, it feels it's, Mr. Miracle-y. Yeah, it's it very does. There's like a great splash page here where he's where he's blasting some robots. Nice. And uh it's this is really well put together well put together little story. Um and I'm looking forward to reading more of it. Uh, then the third story focuses on a new version of Guardian, and uh, I guess this guy hasn't really seen much like time in comics before. But this story is um, written by Sean Lewis. Uh, first half drawn by Cully Hammer. Second draft drawn by Michael Avon Oming. Wait, what? It's actually uh, it, it's Cully Hamner. Oh, oh, gotcha. gotcha. I uh, <laughs> thank you, it, sir. It's funny that you. That's it's why you're funny here. You did, I just misread. It's so, it. it's so fun. It's so funny that you did that because he was just complaining on Twitter yesterday. Oh no! About that happening. Oh he, gosh! He, he said he said something to the effect of like, "I'm used to people, you know, misseeing my name as Hammer." Yeah, and that's absolutely what I did. And I have to say, until until he until he pointed that out. I had literally never noticed that it was M N and not M N. <laughs> All of those humps, they just, yeah, they yeah, just it's... bleed into one long sequence of M's. I yeah, I totally. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just Hammer. like when you've got illegal as the beginning of a sentence, so you've got a capital I and two small L's, and so they all You're look like, like ill. Illegal. Uh, what, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, of the t- of the two sins regarding his name that he mentioned, I'm glad I committed the lesser one. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, anyway, with Laura Martin on colors and uh, and world design on letters, I feel uh, like there was a whole bunch of people in that one doing all kinds of weird stuff. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, and definitely some names that I'm not familiar with, which I'm which I'm always sort of down to see because you never know what kind of treasure you're going to find with new names on the cover. It's yeah. true. Yeah. But on but this like this version of Metropolis because they all sort of take place in this version of Metropolis like the uh, the second two stories sort of take place like within the like bottled city of Metropolis. Okay. And so it's just people trying to like what the hell's going on. All of a sudden there's this barrier and we don't we don't know why or It's like the Simpsons movie. All we know is like that that Jonathan the Superman did it for some reason. So weird. weird. It's to protect them obviously, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so <laughs> it's like Arkham's protecting the insane people. <laughs> but this is like a it's a story I'm 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 interested to spend more time in this sort of version of Metropolis and then uh once uh once the story's done, I'll be out. <laughs> cool. Yeah, uh, yeah, right. Good to know. Um, but sort of, uh, sort of what we do on the podcast, Aaron, is we talk we talk about the book, and then if we decide to, if based on if we enjoy it or not, we decide our sort of our review is: Are we going to pick up the next issue? Mm-hmm. And I'll definitely be picking up the next issue of this. Um, okay. I enjoyed it enough that I, and I'm curious enough about what's going to happen with these characters that. I'm I'm in for the short amount of time that this book will exist. <laughs> there you go. Fair enough. Cool. Well, let's uh, let's move on over to you, sir. Yeah, yeah. Mr. So, Chris. So I had decided to do the Swamp Thing book, the new Future State Swamp Thing book, yesterday when I picked it up. And then I struggled with reading books last night. Um, I fell asleep at 9.30. I don't know what happened. I was just super tired. So I got through Batman, and that was it, the next Batman. Um, so when I got to the shop this morning, I kind of switched gears and I decided I would, I'd do something else. And, and Jason and I were talking about why one of the reasons I wasn't doing Swamp Thing was I didn't read it. Also, I've read some Swamp Thing, but not enough for me to feel competent in in talking about the differences or how how I felt about this Swamp Thing in comparison to some of the other Swamp okay. Things. I mean, so I I kind of I skipped it, and then I decided because of that I would actually do Wonder Woman and the Future State Wonder Woman. I don't have a lot of... I haven't read Wonder Woman in years. Mm-hmm. It's not... I don't hate Wonder Woman or anything. It's just I don't... I just don't read it. You know? Which is almost kind of advantageous with this book. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm not, I don't have any prior expectations. It is what it is. Um, and I was pleasantly surprised by this book. So, Joelle Jones not only writes, but also draws this comic. And uh, if you're not familiar with her, she did something called Lady Killer, where she... You know, she did both of those things as well initially, yeah. and then she had some help down the line. Uh, she did vamp- art on Vampirella. She's done covers for Marvel. We have some statues that she did called Cover Girls. I actually sold the um, Batgirl one a few days ago, but we still have a Wonder Woman. Uh, that was the Supergirl we Supergirl. sold. Supergirl, yeah. sorry. We still have we a Batgirl. Batgirl. We have Wonder Woman, and we have Hawkgirl. Um, they are super cool stylistic statues of these characters kind of kind of chibi kind of you know like uh bigger eyes almost anime style but not over the top like anime yeah they're, Anyways, they're, they're cute i i think they're cute and yeah i was here when that guy bought it and he was buying it for his daughter right right exactly. and it was like no that's like it's it's perfect cartoony for, and it's it's perfect yeah, yeah i think they're i think those are cool so that was really cool in fact they were so popular that they did another series and that's what two of those are because she had done there was like gotcha. four ones with Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn, and then, and then they did another run with Hot Girl and Batgirl. Anyways, gotcha. um, her other claim to fame is the most recent Catwoman, 
where she wrote and drew the first six issues, and uh, that that series is great. You know, yeah, she's still doing all the covers for it. Right, I think. right, and she's she's still involved in the book, but it's not her baby anymore. Yeah. Um. So this Wonder Woman book is her baby. Um. I will bring this up real quick. I saw a picture of her at a convention wearing a Ramones shirt. So automatically, I'm a fan. Uh, you know, just like hey, yeah, there you, you go. got good taste of music, so you're probably doing all right <laughs> somewhere. Cool. Right? My uh, my introduction <laughs> to her was in a Batman story arc during Tom King's run, and he did a story where where Bat or she did a she drew the story where Batman and Wonder Woman like go to this other dimension to basically like guard this point for for they're working they're doing it for like decades they're fighting with this other guy to 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 uh, protect this point and then they end up bringing the guy back to like the normal world at the end because they're like hey you've done your you've done your job here it's time to come home and that story was drawn so well in my opinion that (laughs) I was like I'm going to pay attention to Joel Jones from now on yeah for sure this is this is awesome I really like her art her attention to detail is spectacular Um, there was an an opportunity that I'll talk about here in a minute that I think she missed but that's okay Uh, so so here's what's cool about this book, and or maybe it's not cool if you're not into it, but it's it's not it's not the original Wonder Woman. It, we're dealing with uh, Yara Floor, is yeah. her name? Okay. And um, they don't get into anything as far as like you, why is she woman you, Wonder Woman? You know where, where is she, she at? From? What's going on? You get none of that initially. Okay. It's it's it's, very it's her cold fighting open. what you think is a dragon. And she kind of unepically cuts its head off immediately, and you're like, okay, cool. So this is an intro, and then there's a big splash page with with the title and all the credits, and she says, well, that was anticlimactic, and you're like, oh, okay, <laughs> okay, cool. you called it out, sweet. <laughs> and, and she's got this cool like edged sword and this interesting kind of costume. I'm not a big fan of gold, so whenever there's a ton of gold on something, I'm not a fan. But I like to overlook it just. Just look at the design, not worry about the flashy gold and or brass. Brass is the one I really don't like. You're like, oh, everything's brass. All <laughs> Everything's fake gold. That's awesome. Well, if you look at, like, if you consider what she's wearing armor, then right. it makes sense. If I was fighting Wonder Woman, I'd definitely go for, you know, the thigh where there's no <laughs> Where there's no armor. armor. Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> so, so, anyways. You can't call shots. You can't, <laughs> you can't call D&D rules. You gotta can't roll call it. shots. I mean. You you can, but you get big penalties. It's not even worth it. Yeah, you're so rolling. You're rolling with disadvantage. Wild, swing wildly, and the armor will block it. I'm you going know, for kind of the globally the area that is the person <laughs> around that spot. <laughs> I mean, you can roll for. You can try to hit her in the legs, but you're going to be rolling with disadvantage. It's just right, not worth yeah. it. We you have to roll eighteen to twenty. We always called it D and D goo, like. D and D characters, comic book characters, they don't have organs on the inside. It's just a, it's just like a homogenous goo, <laughs> right, 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 right. Bugs, and uh, spiders, so, man. You know, you can stab someone in the head, you can stab them in the heart. It doesn't matter. There's nothing in there. It's just there's kind no of, organs in there. Pale, What's in... There's just kind of this pale white ooze. Pale white no, ooze. Uh, some, they're they're full blood, of hit points, kind of. and each of them <laughs> have a number. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> each of them has a number. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, my hip points. You just see like pieces of peas falling. Oh, oh no! I just dropped a six <laughs> out of my side. Uh. Hey, you guys, there's like a, a trail of sixes and sevens back here. I think somebody got stabbed. <laughs> now, when when the characters start having viscera, is when you tell your players, "All right, what does it look like when you kill this guy?" That's when the that's when, that's when they start having organs again. 
Because then Sinew. they can, yeah, then they're yeah. eviscerated. Yeah. <laughs> There's a mile and a half intestine. You have to walk the whole mile and a half to see it for some I reason. gruesomely disembowel this previous character. <laughs> right. so no, no, right. no quicker than when she says that it was anticlimactic does five other heads pop up. And it turns out it's not just a dragon. Actually, I, I, I can't count. It's seven. Um, it's a hydra. And go. so then she's like, okay, well, I guess I got to fight this hydra. And she starts getting her butt kicked and she starts... Not panicking, but asking for help from her Pegasus friend Jerry, <laughs> who Jerry. is missing. He's Jerry's basically <laughs> at a pond getting its drink on. Yeah, okay. Jerry doesn't care. And so, so she finally gets Jerry's attention. It comes, it catches her before she falls into the maw of one of the hydras, and then she magically is able to defeat all of them by stabbing another one in the neck and then flying away. Well, I yeah, don't stab the hydra in its heart. Well, I mean, is that its heart? Look, I mean, I, I don't mean. know. It's that makes mythical. sense, but that's not what it shows. Arguing about the the uh, anatomy of a mythical creature seems... Dude, you don't see a body at all. You see heads. That seems like a podcast all on its own. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the anatomy of a hydra real quick, guys. Do we have an oh, hour? Oh, God. <laughs> so, needless to say, I want to get to the part where I feel that there was an anticlimactic opportunity for a splash page. Okay. So, she she kills the first dragon head, and when she cuts it off, there's, you know, like a bottom panel... Of of the Hydra lying there headless, okay. and you're like, okay, cool. You know, it's it's a three page panel, a three panel page, and the largest one is the slash, and then there's a head, and there's a body. And you're like, okay, cool. It's obviously not important, and that's why they didn't do a big splash page. Um, Art, Aaron, since you're an artist, you may have uh, help me in this in a second here. So then, when <laughs> she does defeat said help me, Hydra, help me help me with the art on this book. You have help me understand. So. When she does kill the Hydra, there's one very small panel with the body lying there, and it's over. And she's like, thanks for nothing, Jerry. And so, (laughs) in my opinion, it's a missed opportunity to have a really cool, large splash page of triumph and kind of be like, hey, I just defeated a Hydra, and it's smaller than... is it an inset panel inside of Splash? Like, well, n- no, I mean, no, it's, it's there's like eight. Yeah, there's eight. I know this isn't good podcast, but there's this, eight this is a good pod. different panels. Okay. And yeah. one little panel, almost the smallest one on the page, is the body of the Hydra line there. And okay. so, in my opinion, well, I mean, it's a missed opportunity. That, you know, it's. It, <laughs> it's probably it probably it's probably not her missed opportunity but probably i mean you're we're talking about you know valuable real estate on a comic book and page. that's where i was thinking okay. like maybe she just Only didn't have the room pages and it, it really doesn't come down to her well she she's drawing and writing yeah right so, right um yeah i it you know, you you you've got to cram in what you got to cram in, and and, and I, I kind of felt that that was probably the point. But and it looks like there is yeah. a lot. There's in a lot these, of penalty. I mean, yeah. she's trying to get a lot she's in here. Trying to get yeah. a solid story. I mean, those is what are it you know those are always moments that are nice to be able to highlight in one way or the other. Like, you know, you could go different ways with it. You could have if if you have the space for the real estate, mm-hmm. you could have a big splash, which is shows the climactic death blow. And then you have like a little little bitty in like inset, which is like a quiet m- moment after the storm, and it's you pull back and both figures are really small inside that little small inset, and you just get that sense of quiet. Um, okay. Or you can try to dedicate lots of real estate to that 
that last final scene after the storm it's just it's kind of like you know it depends on what kind of emotion emotional impact you're trying to go for well and we're moment. also dealing with like a like a basically a cold open so, right. Yeah. No. For sure. This yeah. isn't like her dealing with the Hydra isn't like the main thrust of the story, and so I think it sets it 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 sets the tone of the book, and I think that's really the point of it completely. So you, I think the function of this opening scene is okay. You see her fighting a monster. Mm-hmm. Through her fighting the monster, you sort of you sort of get glimpses into her personality, like how right. she deals with problems and like what she's like when she's facing an obstacle. Right. And I think that's sort of the main idea of what we of what we're experiencing with her as she's fighting this Hydra. Like the battle is what was the important part. That's why there's so many pieces to it. And the death of the thing is kind of like, man, it's done. Like the battle. That's why it's so, they gave a larger splash, larger picture of the first one being beheaded. than this, this giant one being defeated. And I, you know, it was just, it's a little thing. My job here is to, to kind of pick. Yeah. Yeah. It's what? Well, it's like it's like Indy shooting the guy with the scimitar in right Yeah, now. yeah, which was totally like, ad libbed. <laughs> you think it's gonna be, and then it's just this like throwaway moment because it's like ugh, Jesus. One of the best parts over. of the whole movie, yeah. though. So, yeah, you know, I mean, don't get me yeah. wrong, that movie's amazing, but like that's yeah. a memorable part. And I remember watching it um, in yeah. summer school, like which fifth grade was improvised. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. he was he had dysentery, so he was like, "Screw this scene, he's dead." And I'm going to go poop a lot, you know, like, so anyways, so getting back to this. So then she hears a rustling in the leaves or whatever. And so she, she ends up talking to this, uh, uh, what is her name? Kaipora, who is, uh, she looks like a nymph kind of character riding a boar. And she, she gets upset because she's about to take this Hydra tooth. And and the girl's like, hey, you don't do, you don't poach on these lands. And Wonder Woman's like, whatever, dude, what are you going to do about it? And then it kind of builds this weird little dichotomy of, of a relationship where they know each other, they've wronged each other before. And so we kind of get this relationship. And even though it's a little bit of exposition, um, she does it in a way where you don't feel like the exposition monster is feeding you the garbage that is exposition, you know? Okay. Yeah. It, it's, it's well done. Um, and it's funny and and it's smooth as it's, in it's the way to do exposition in my opinion. Right, absolutely. Like, Don't you just make it organic in the context of 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 what's happening in the story. Don't just throw a block of text at me that says right. A this word is bubble the world that's fourteen sentences long and yeah. it, 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 it what lays is it out for you here. Well, let me explain it to you. <laughs> yeah. Why are we like this? Oh, I'm going to tell you. Don't worry. Like the like. first page is a is a news report that for some reason <laughs> is telling you what the world has been like yeah. for the last fifteen years. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Hence why I don't read the X Men books. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, sure. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> Hickman's uh, prose pages. That's all I wanted to say. Continue. <laughs> you do have a problem with that, <laughs> which I get. Um, I don't like. I don't like words without pictures either. Uh, so, so then it, it talks about going to the underworld because Wonder Woman's got to get to Hades to save her sister, I believe. Um, but she's going to use the the Hydra tooth to be able to gain access into the underworld so that she can confront Hades and like be like, hey, either release my sister or somebody that she's... Uh, I'm sorry, I missed that part, guys. But she's going to use the tooth to execute Hades if he doesn't do what she says. And the the girl here is like, no, you're not going to do that. I'll get you in because I'm already a member. Let's roll. 
And so they go by this gigantic Cerebus and they're kind of tiptoeing and and the girl tells Wonder Woman not to make a fuss and don't <laughs> don't you know bring attention to us because you're not I even supposed to be here. That the entrance to Hades is essentially an airport terminal. Oh, that's dude, what I was looking yeah, at. Yeah, no, no, like, it's what? absolutely yeah. um, Grand Central Station, New York. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's the feel. There's even the the turnstile. The turnstile. Yep. And she just rips it out because she's like, I'm not going to wait for this turnstile to allow me in. She just tears it apart and gives it to the to the guy at the desk and is like, um, thank you. Which tells I'm us more on. about her character. Like in in this short like half Absolutely. an issue or whatever, we've learned that she's impulsive, impatient, she's impatient. She doesn't have a great relationship. She's with not her, the perfect her hero. Mount. And they even kind of say this, you know, like she's not perfect. And she's like, she's she's they're they're showing from the get go that she's decidedly different from Diana. Right. Yeah. She's she's her own woman. Yeah. And it's super cool. We don't know where she came from or why she has the Wonder Woman mantle at this rate, but they get to, they're going through this whole area and then it turns out the reason that this looks like this is because it's, it's a manifest of her imagination, Wonder Woman's imagination. So everything looks like this because Wonder Woman assumes that this is how it would look. And the girl explains to her, she's like, yeah, you're just seeing what you want to see in a way. Okay. So it's interesting because she sees, you know. Grand Central Station. She sees these little weird demon guys that kind of look. Um, you ever see that Disenchanted show that Matt Groening's Disenchanted? Yes, no. it's oh, on Netflix. Yeah, you know the little you know <laughs> yeah, the little demon yeah. cat thing. Yeah, it, yeah. they kind of look like that. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I understand. Not a fan, apparently, um, Disenchanted. I, I mean, was able. I, I, I tried. It's I was disenchanted so with it. <laughs> really, I really enjoyed that first season, but I haven't watched it. I made it through else. the first season, and then when I got to the second season, I quickly lost interest, and I didn't finish it, which is weird because, in yeah. my opinion, Simpsons is God, and then Simpsons if there's anything above God, God it's Futurama. Um, there we go. I, I, I love Futurama. Uh, anyways, so there's a toll that they have to pay to get to the underworld. And um, you have to pay of the course, ferryman. Wonder Woman. You gotta play the the troll toll. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What soul. is your quest? <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, Aaron said it right. You're not gonna get into this boy's hole. This is pretty classic, like Greek myth. You yeah, get, yeah, you have absolutely. To pay the ferryman across the river sticks. So of course, you know, Wonder Woman doesn't have any cash because I guess whatever. She doesn't have any pockets. <laughs> <laughs> she yeah. can stuff it in the bra, dude. I mean, like... I suppose. I mean, come on. I'm just saying. <laughs> so this is where I kind of lose faith in this character a little bit. Okay. She straight up steals money from a, a sumo ghost. And you're like... Well, why does a sumo ghost need money? Right. Well, because everybody's got to pay the toll to get to their version of oh, the so afterlife. Oh, he doesn't, he doesn't get to get to his afterlife. He so doesn't have the toll. So limbo. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, man, like... That's not heroic that's, at all. That's not wonderful that's at all. That's a chump move. Yeah. Wonder Woman. Why is your chump movie? Okay. So Well, maybe movie. she knows something about this sumo ghost. No, she doesn't. She's straight <laughs> up just <laughs> trying to... They're going to do, do a prequel. And it's be yeah. about the sumo <laughs> Remember ghost. the sumo ghost on page uh, what a, what 20 and 21 of Wonder Woman number one? Limbo. <laughs> I mean, I mean I we guess. don't know what afterlife the sumo ghost is going to. He could be headed to Eternal Torment. She could be helping him. True. You guys are wrong. I didn't read it, so I don't know. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> no, you, I mean, it, it, it's totally weird. Wrong. It's just I was like, huh. There's that's... there's no insinuation of where he's going, where he is, who he is. He's yeah. just getting his toll stolen. There's a huge line of people trying to get on this ferry yeah. to go well, this to their afterlife. Another like another it's part a of the story. Moment. <laughs> no, absolutely, yeah. and it even reminded me of that. It doesn't look like it, but I just automatically kind of thought, 
you know, I'm sitting in a lobby with a, 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 what I think is the Black Dahlia murder woman, you know, because she's like split in half and her legs are over here and he's like touching her legs with yeah. juice and, <laughs> you know, anyways. Well, so, this scene is wait, another. Are you telling me that the, the, the cut in half woman in Beetlejuice is the Black Dahlia? It, they don't say that. Is this a fact I am learning right now? No, they don't the say time? that, but I mean, <laughs> She's it's, dressed it's just something black. that I've, I've always kind of... It's it's Losak's headcanon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm just making shit up. Okay. Um, but now you know it. that would blow my it's mind. It's true. Now you're going to go watch Beetlejuice. Go watch Beetlejuice. <laughs> what you got to do is look up the, the what the Black Dahlia murder, what she was wearing. I did like... Okay, like, I'm sorry I'm, sorry I'm going on a complete segue here. But no, it's cool. I did just learn... At Christmas, I just learned a fact about a thing that we watch every year that blew my goddamn mind. Frosty what the is, Snowman? Uh, what is it? No, it's about Christmas Vacation. Oh, okay. what's that? Um, The old... the what What's her name? Aunt Betty? Like, what's the old... What, the old woman's name? The, With the, the, the dog? The old couple that show up. And she's like, hey, and she's got the cat wrapped in the box. You're and... talking about Randy Quaid's wife? No, the old, old couple. The guy's got the cigar and he's, he's oh, yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. and he lights the tree on fire and his wife has the cat wrapped in it. He's constantly telling him, yeah. telling her like, no, and she stands up and does the national anthem or uh, whatever yeah, yeah, instead yeah. of a prayer. Yeah, yeah. That is the woman that voiced Betty Boop. Uh, oh really? <laughs> oh my she was. Goodness. She is. She, not only was she the voice of Betty Boop, she was the inspiration for Betty Boop. Wow. No. Wow. Okay. So she's up there in age for sure. Now I'm and watching Vegas th- Vacation and Beetlejuice. Yeah, this this completely right Christmas relates va- to Christmas comics. Vacation. <laughs> yeah, totally. No, abs- dude, we go off the rails and, all yeah. the, time oh, the time on non-comic stuff <laughs> all the time. So don't worry about it. Yeah, <laughs> and I've watched that movie like probably every year of my my life since that thing came on. Yeah, uh, like came out, and this was the first year that I was like, why does her voice sound kind of familiar? It was like the first time ever. And then I looked it up and you I was like, what? Oh, my God. <laughs> what the oh fuck? my God. <laughs> so, That's Betty Boop? When I learned that uh, Rick and Morty's, uh, the mom in Rick and Morty is the the girl from, from Scrubs, Scrubs yeah. I can't unhear yeah. it now. Oh, and yeah, all yeah. I see is her when I watch the show. Yeah, yeah it's and it, it, I love it, but it bugs me at the Ellie, same time. Is that the girl from Roseanne? No, no, no. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the, the first one? Or the second one. She was, she was she's like the second one. Second I think she's one a replacement so, yeah. for the daughter. Sarah Chalk is the actress's name. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I like her. Oh, she's cute. Yeah. Um, that's not what I meant, uh, but no, that's what <laughs> I mean. But anyway, so <laughs> so this scene in in Wonder Woman where she steals the the sumo guy's coins. Yeah. This is another like thing where they're like, okay, so this this Wonder Woman is willing to like steal like to do from innocence to do something at, at the very least morally ambiguous to, to to accomplish your goal how is that morally ambiguous that's stealing well <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah 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 she at, at the very least morally I mean, you know ambiguous. it's the afterlife though i mean like what are the laws about theft you know when you're trying to cross the river sticks <laughs> yeah because uh-huh. because no one else no one else seems to care except the sumo ghost that she yeah. did it She's ruining his afterlife, man. When you're dead, what are morals? No, there is a really cool uh, Simpsons reference in here. We're all when just, she's stealing, we're all just meat, man. We're all when, just meat. 
<laughs> she takes the coin. <laughs> she says yoink, and 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 I'm a huge fan of the yoink. <laughs> the yoink. And so you know, I mean, like I'm already liking this book, even though I have my reservations <laughs> about the character. <laughs> when she says yoink, I'm just like, okay, this is this is awesome, and this is fun, yeah, and this is it's definitely a fun what book. I'm down for. Um, so needless to say, she steals the the coin, and the sumo starts to freak out. And why it's important that the sumo starts to freak out is that. You know, she was told to to stay on the down low and not to make a scene, and they walk by a three-headed giant dog that's a Cerebus. Well, that wakes the Cerebus up, Uh-oh. and that's our big splash ending page. Spoiler alert. Okay. That, you know, all of a sudden, she's going to have to battle a Cerebus in order to get through the river sticks. So okay. <laughs> I love this. I love this scenario because it's basically, we were talking about D&D earlier, this is when yeah, your party. I was just thinking that. This is when your party <laughs> like fails the sleight of hand check. Yeah, and, <laughs> and oh no, and they, and they screw up and they get caught and then they end up having to fight their way out of it. It's like a. That's what yeah. this is, and I love it. I, I love this. The I thief love this that book. rolls a one. Like oh yeah. no, come on, yeah. man. <laughs> it's like oh man, you have like a. <laughs> Do better, please. It's like you have like a pl- you have like a plus ten on this on this. So yeah. like, so this is a you have easy to thing. you have to roll a one to fail, and yeah. you rolled a one. one. Right, right. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just it's chance, though. You know. Yeah. This was in her control, and she screwed it up more than once. She that's got lucky you... the first time when she created the scene at the turnstile because she's supposed to be on the DL, and that's where the service is co chilling. In the end, yes. Um, I truly enjoyed the Future State Wonder Woman. Okay. And uh, Jason has to hear me every day uh, wax unpoetically about how I hate this concept, yeah. and and I'm just I'm not a fan of this happening. You know, okay, you're if like, you're gonna do this big, like, I'm the one who's trying to like find the silver lining. Like I'm like, he's trying okay, to this talk me away from the thing. edge. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just gonna kill myself over this. <laughs> like I'm just done with DC doing this crap. I mean, but um. I would have less problems with it if while they you would... have a DC artist on your show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. We were going to. Um... Is it hot in here, or am I sweating? <laughs> we were going to call this the DC episode, but then Chad had to go and read Infidel. But <laughs> Chad had to because go and read actually, a thing that our ghost, that our well, guest did, our ghost. I know our, our, our ghost, ghost guest. Our ghost guest. Are ghost you guest. a ghost, Aaron? So. Um, <laughs> Why are you never in the same room as Iron Man's <laughs> bodyguard? The ghost, Wait. I don't know. Yeah. So anyway. so I'm also never in the same room as my my hair. Oh yeah. Oh, that's true. I mean, well, that's yeah, not true. I mean, you have hair on your face. Well, no, not. I have that, to be honest. Hair. I've never seen you this without hair. your hat on. <laughs> I don't head out under the head head out head out <laughs> sun without without a cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah fair I understand. Good of call. Some form. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I mean it makes sense. And so, it's cold out, you know. Yeah. This you gotta dome protect has that to be dome. protected. <laughs> so, so yeah, Wonder Woman, totally. you're saying future state? Your your whole uh, idea and thought process of future state is just like frustrating, and just I don't want anything to do with it. But Wonder right. Woman, you're saying? Oh yeah, it's it's a great book. It's super fun. Cool. It was great to read. So then you like the future arts- state. I'll kill you, dude. I'll kill you. <laughs> no, um, I like this There's comic book. Lot, there are things to like and and, and what, no, this is anything. what you should have Chris say. <laughs> oh okay, boy! So make sure that when you say, make sure when you and like this, like you're, you just be, you just be like, okay, this is just so that we can get the final thing in. We're gonna edit this. Just say, um, I really liked Wonder Woman: Future State, and then just edit out Wonder Woman. 
<laughs> I will find that, you. Right? Hey, do you, me a favor. You just say, I love right? future state Wonder Woman. <laughs> I love men's underwear. Oh, jeez. Oh, I'm leaving that one <laughs> in. It's not what I was supposed to do. I mean, it's the kind you wear. So yeah, oh, uh, how do you know? <laughs> so I mean, I'm, I assumed, sure Chris has so. Said, I'm sure Chris has said enough words that you can cobble it <laughs> Right? You just piece <laughs> yeah. together a whole bunch of letters and consonants that I've said over time to make me say anything. That might be at the end of the podcast. I might try and do it. That would be awesome. You should totally do it. Not that you will, but not that you're going to. It will take so long. Do not do that. It will. This one's already going to take four hours to do. I know it. Right? Uh, So, yeah, just final. Wonder Woman Future State is very good. Um, it's super fun, Joelle Joan. Oh, she she nails it, man. It's 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 fun. Sweet. We're getting we're learning about this character without having to be bored with learning about the character. Um, I just wish that DC wouldn't have just stopped all their comics, all all these related comic books, in order to put this out and then get back to it. You know, like yeah. it seems weird, and it actually seems like something that DC wouldn't do. You would think that they would try and get you all your money. You know, I would not be surprised if later in the year we get a like a future Wonder Woman series with Yara Floor in it because I think this is the of I think that's the strongest book this week. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of the only reason I'm not talking about it just because you're talking about it. Fair enough. So sorry. I mean, <laughs> I told you Swamp Thing last night and I ruined well, it. Well, here's this the morning. thing though: it's it's great that that. There's a book that we both enjoyed that much. Yeah, yeah. Right. Now I'm um, excited to read it. Honestly, you totally yeah. should. And you have to take this copy because it's literally that's the last literally one. the last copy. I in thought the shop. I didn't. I buy one. You? I don't know. Did, did you? you buy one? I'm, I don't. I'm not your pocketbook. I'll. I'll, <laughs> I'll take this, and then if I have one at home, I'll bring it back. If not, I'll pay. I later. rang, I rang okay. you up. I rang you up for your DC books last night, so I don't right, remember. Right, I don't remember that. And yeah, you can, you can definitely put you put a, a, a swamp thing in my box. That's okay, I go. will certainly try to remember to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Send me a message later, Aaron. If, and I'll, we'll, I'll remind you. We'll remember. So, um, member, bro, <laughs> member. So, is there anything else with Wonder Woman? No, it's okay. it's good, and I, cool. I can't wait to read the next one. Is what I'm supposed to say? Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see. It. It's really weird that they forgot to put a cover on that one, though. <laughs> There's no know. picture on this white Listen, cover. That joke was so bad then, last Chris, night, what you're and saying it's bad is now. You love Wonder Woman. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, now it's getting violent. So the book, you know, Future State is actually the first word in the title. <laughs> future State, call, call love, Wonder Woman. So uh, we, we... I love selling Future State. I'm so Can glad to have a DC guy on here while I, know, I talk right? about how much I love DC. Can you at least say, I, I love, love DC. selling Future State? <laughs> I love to sell anything that sells. <laughs> so uh, the the book that we all read together <laughs> was not together. Well, not at the same time. <laughs> We're all gathered around hands? it. Did you hold hands as you? We, we are all going to sit down now. We, are <laughs> we were huddled hands. around the campfire. We're going to read. We're like guys, we're look at this. this we had our headlamps on. Did you show the pictures? You were like, and this, and here. I don't, yes. I don't know what it is. I'm assuming I'm going to say, look. And now Wolverine is cutting his the top of his head off. See, that's that's that's, nice that's what Just I needed. Top. I needed to read Infidel that way so that I had someone I could hold on to. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, you, had to, you had to read it a lo- cold and alone. I can yeah, just imagine true. Chris and Jason Thanks. like on either like sitting on either knee. 
like like Jason and Chris like both come sit down on my knees, boys. There was an episode. Read a story. There was a recent. There was a recent episode of the podcast where I basically had to do that for Chad. Yeah, uh, I don't know. If it was, That's never going to be, be released. Like no, it, it could be like the like... Uh, that old vulture. It could be like the old Voltron that it was like the three robots inside each other. It would be like, like a Russian doll Chad's inside lap. each other. Yeah, Chris on Chad's lap and then Jason on Chris's lap. Oh my god! So it's like stacked. And then why, why are you gonna put the smallest one, dude on the bottom? One set of, one set of arms um, holding. Like, like doing improv in in high school drama. Chad, the, the, small, arms. Chad the smallest guy on the bottom. His face is turning purple. Shatter the legs. I'm the arms, and Jason's the torso That's, and head. I, I just I just thought of your um, new logo. You need to oh, get the guy. Go. Yeah, you need to get the guy who drew. Um, uh, 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 Chief O'Brien at work. Remember that? Remember that strip? What? No. Um, no. Oh my! God. I remember the name. I'm Chief having a trouble picturing. Chief O'Brien at work was about Chief O'Brien from Star Trek: The Next Generation okay. inside oh, the okay. teleporter room, okay. and about Chief how O'Brien. miserable his life must have been. Um, <laughs> just, how yeah, he never gets any action. He's just like chilling. He no got action. He, he got action. So, uh, this very this very kind of simple style, but it's the three of you stacked lap on lap. <laughs> we Reading could use the, the transporter to other. combine our DNA so oh, yeah. just one turn this into some Reading, crazy homunculi. You're not you're not busy. <laughs> Why aren't you doing it? I don't yes, understand. Yes, yes, hey. We, <laughs> we know a DC artist. <laughs> It, oh, if, he, if he draws it, it will Mine look would be truly horrifying. horrifying and would probably get me canceled. I, you know. Oh, God. Sounds like something we need. <laughs> that sounds it's like, like listen, something are we you need. taking commissions right now? Because <laughs> right? I got about five bucks in my pocket. Wow. <laughs> wow. Bucks. Thanks for being like, on the show, Aaron. Sorry like that you'll never come back. I would like to chat. officially say that I value your work more than $5, Aaron. $6 at least. That's not what I meant. I meant... That's what you got. You'll you got to a go foot. My rep. <laughs> I got five on it. <laughs> All right, we're gonna move into our next book. Next Batman. It is called Ba-doom. the Next Batman. Boom. And that's another that's, one where there's a bunch of stories. So there's a lot of names on the cover. Yeah. So there's a lot of names on the cover, but the so the there's I think three stories. The first story is written by uh, John Ridley. Art is by Nick Darrington, and colors by. Tamara Bonvillain. Um, Bonvillain? So, John Ridley. Yeah. He's actually a, a Oscar-winning screenwriter and director. And John Ridley is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He uh, he also did that DC, other history of the DC universe, which, which is a black label. Which was really good. And it's, oh, yeah, it's oh, right, it's right. a hard yeah, read yeah, yeah. as far as it's, there's a lot of content in there. Yeah, it took me an hour to read that book. But <laughs> it's read super important um, to, you know, he he's... He's an African American man, and he's trying to, you know, get more of that in our life. And so, this other history of the DC universe is a fantastic book. Right, right, exactly. That's one with yeah. Black Lightning. <clears throat> yes. Okay. Yes, yeah. you'll see. There's some Black Lightning in this book as well. I did. That's why I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And uh, Darrington, Doom Patrol, <clears throat> Mister Miracle. Uh, he worked on the Bendis Batman Walmart exclusive stuff. The Batman Universe is what it's called. Right. Which is great. I did. It didn't Toward, sell well, I know. which is so weird. But <laughs> I tried so hard. <laughs> I was like, "This is really good, Batman. Please buy it." <laughs> so yeah, talk about it. Um, here's the deal. I'm gonna have to lean on you guys a lot because you guys also read it. This is mm-hmm. our book of the week. 
Um, so I'm, I'm going to need to lean on you guys a little bit because I didn't, I don't think I understand an ounce of this book. So you're and not supposed to really, I mean, it's a future version. We're not given a lot of information. No, no, no. So I, here's the thing is I understand future state. Right. And you're not given a lot of information, all that stuff. The biggest problem I had with it, the biggest problem I had with it was, was the, the writing, the story, the art I thought was really good. Um, I thought it was interesting as we move forward through, a, there's, okay, so there's three stories here, but within the first story, there's also three stories in it. And <laughs> right, so, right, right. So it was- universe building. Right, but you're universe building in a, it, it, I, I just, I could not I have get a grasp same, on I it. I have the same problem with this book. I was like, what are you trying to do? And then the Bane, the Bane gang- Right, 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 right. <laughs> that, that comes out really, really gang. weird. It, it's not the chain gang, it's but the bane it's gang. the the banalitos. So they so, look like luchadors <clears throat> and, and and you know Mexican wrestling. Right, the banalitos? <laughs> Question well, mark. I, like I I I thought are, is I don't know a whole lot about Bane. So I was like, is is Bane uh, Latino? Yes, he is. Yeah. Okay, I don't I don't know why I never understood that. Maybe it maybe it's just the way some some stories um, are told. But if if your only understanding of Bane is from movies, they've never they've never represented that in the movies. Okay, I mean God, didn't, I mean Batman maybe forever, he's just like a little yeah, he's just dude who thing. just got filled he's with a, water. He's an unthinking monster in Batman and Robin, which right, is which is terrible. Totally. Oh yeah, it was Batman and Robin. I was thinking of Batman Forever. Yeah. Sorry, I forgot um, Batman and Robin and Batman Forever. So as we move forward with this book, <laughs> not the movies, <laughs> I am really trying Listen, hard to keep us on track. don't ask me questions about Bane. Bane's one of my favorite Batman villains. Oh, really? No, that's what I'm saying is, yeah. is he's he's good in the books and that's why I didn't understand this one. I was like, is this is this actual Bane or why is it the Banalitos? Well, you don't I know. Did, I didn't understand. Don't I mean, it's it's because of his heritage. The little, they are the Banalitos. Okay. The little kind of all we know. Little Banes. They're little Banes, all right? Okay. <laughs> I just, it's it's what? So that's a two-page, yeah, two-page story there. There was the the two page story for Batman. They're laying a lot of they're laying a lot of groundwork in this story. I love so, the opening three pages where right. we get Batman and he's fighting dudes and it's great. And this like that panel right there is very yep. reminiscent of some classic Batman stuff. So the, um, the, but then the, where does Batman go? Uh, we, he's gone. We're dealing with the foxes. And then we so get the foxes. And I don't he's know. Not who, gone. I don't know who either of these two characters are. Nope, um, we sure don't. We so will, nobody though. does. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Know who it's more universe building here where they're talking. She's basically there's vigilanteism going on because the magistrate has taken over Gotham and they're policing Gotham. Right. It's kind of like and they a military it, state. They hit it over the head really hard about masks. And I don't know if that was purposeful or not. Did you watch uh, just the Watchmen? Be a timing thing show yeah, on yeah, HBO? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't of, see it on. Oh on really, HBO, dude? No. Dude, dude, stop. Let's let's end this podcast now. Go watch it. Okay. I mean, seriously, it's we'll so be good. right back after twenty <laughs> hours of. Um, so no, we're gonna we're gonna record the whole thing live. <laughs> just us, we're gonna, yeah. reaction yeah. videos of us right. watching yeah. Watchmen. Um, I, I don't know. I just I, I I understand what you guys are trying to say. It's like it's a future state. That's why you don't know what they're laying a lot of groundwork. If you're gonna give me the future state and call it the next Batman, give me the next Batman, even if I don't understand that story of the Batman, but the first story in this book of three stories is what, four stories? 
dude, and it's so short. The rest of it is much longer than the first part. You get right. you get five pages of Batman max. And so at at that point, I'm I'm confused as hell. I don't understand what is going on. Not even in the sense of huh. being dropped in the world. I was like, I don't understand what world I'm in. I don't understand who the. I, I didn't understand any of it. And I, and they did that purposefully. And I don't. I didn't care for it. It angered me. Yeah, actually. I didn't appreciate it. I was like, Give me the, that was not a Batman story. So, so when you look at the cover, it says the next Batman, right? And then yeah. in super small letters, uh, it also says, including, also featuring outsiders and Arkham Knights in like super small letters on the bottom here. Right. So they basically tell you, okay, Who, you can buy in a Batman book, but there's not a whole lot of Batman in this shit. Right. <laughs> who's the Who's the team? Who's the team on that book? So the 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 first team. That was the John Ridley, Nick, Nick Darrington, Darrington, and right. Tamara Bol- Bolvion. I don't know how to pronounce her name, mm-hmm. if it's villain or villain. Bond villain. <laughs> I'm <laughs> sure she gets that all the time. Yeah. Right. Um, so th- that was that was the, the first one. Um, the editor, letters, cover, variant cover. I felt tricked, no, man. I'm sure. This book who, made me the, feel tricked. I, I'm curious who's who was the editor on that book. This I was trying to it it has an associate editor, Dave Wellgoses. <laughs> I'm so can fucking bad with names. Can I can I take that from you, Chad? Yes, you you um, may. Okay. I'm very I'm very bad with names. Thank you, Aaron Campbell, for having an easy name for me to pronounce. <laughs> Editor is Ben Abernathy. <laughs> Just don't bring up uh, Porn Sack. Because oh, Ben Abernathy's right. on yeah. that book? Ben uh, Ab- and then associate ben, editor ben, I mean, is I, I've Dave... I've never met Ben Aber- Abernathy, but, but Dale he, he, he's highly regarded. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. I don't think... Man, I'm. It's it kind of blows me away that you're as, as lost in this book as you are, because I didn't have any trouble understanding it. But it, it he didn't say <laughs> that he didn't understand it. It's that it isn't good. <laughs> um, I, I, the, and, and here's the thing. The art, I really did. And that's I made a conscious effort to be like, what can I take away from this that I enjoyed? And it was the art. And, sure, and sure. Sometimes, sometimes a story can carry a, a, a book with, with not so good art that you enjoy. And other books can carry you with the art and you don't really care for the story. The art cannot carry me into a Batman story because if if that is the next Batman the next Batman is already doing what the current Batman is doing and it's it's too too many characters and too many things to be the Batman right and it's it's well I mean you know the the big two in general because I'm not going to I'm not going to bite any hands obviously well yeah you you got to be super uh, no, I, burn, right. burn the bridges. None of them are listening to this. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate all the hard work that I put into this podcast that you constantly tell me no one's listening to. I'm <laughs> just kidding, Chad. Chad's I would love. I would love for continue. People to listen. Listeners love that kind of self-deprecating humor, <laughs> right? Yeah. So you have a million viewers. It makes them feel. It makes them this. feel exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> right, exclusive. Like they found something yeah. that no one else knows about. Yeah. So what were you saying, yeah. Aaron? Uh, you know, the big two have an uphill battle that they're fighting against, which is ca- legacy characters that they right. have to constantly reinvent because you can't just say, "Well, Batman's dead now. He, he got old. He, he can't yeah. fight anymore." So right. here's. Here's uh, 
Here's some other man with a animal name before his man part. <laughs> like animal man? Like, you know, like, you know, like, you know, like, you can't, you, you can't just, you can't just toss him away. And so you've got this in, incredible, I mean, I do not envy any writer so, um, and, working for the big two because it's like, hey, can you come in and completely reinvent this these characters in a way that's fresh and new that doesn't change anything. Right, right, right. right. It's got to be fresh and new, but I think the king of that eighty is years of, so of stuff has to still if, be there. If they can even like manage to make a book that that you know compelling tells so, a story and gets a readership, they have they have. They have managed a monumental feat. So I, I, uh, I 100% understand what you're saying, and I agree with you. It is incredibly difficult to do that. And when you take that first story and you don't make it about yeah. that character at all, you're not building that. You're, you're, well, it, then, you're going in a different direction. Because, and I don't know if this is the case in, in Batman, Future State, or Future State Batman, Um it sounds almost like they're they're doing cold openings, like you'd have in a TV a whole show bunch of them, yeah, or TV series or or like a film, yep. which would be the opening scene. Like, you know, this is another issue with like the way we we create modern comics. You have this idea of this overarching story that you want to tell, but you're still you still have to work within the format of the monthly floppy. 22 right. pages every month. It has to start and end at page one and page 22. Um, Black Label's nice because you can kind of fudge that. A couple pages here, yeah. page there, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Hellblazer was pretty consistent until issue 12, which we had 38 pages to do. Thank um, you, by the way. <laughs> uh, Infidel, Infidel was great because every single issue of Infidel was a different page count. 22, 24, 26, oh, nice. 28 pages. So we kind of like went up, we, we, we found it as long as we stayed underneath third, cause we did not do much advertising. So we could, we could add pages. Um, uh, and it really helped. Like if we just needed a couple extra, we could squeeze them in. But like, I mean, you're working under, I mean, the only other, the only other like creative industry that, that might have more, um, restrictions on them is television. For it's sure. like yeah. one page for one minute. Make sure for <laughs> you, like you like I, I don't even understand how you fucking. We need that. a ton of commercials so we can sell yeah. it all. And, and, I think, yeah. so, and I think that's why you see all these creators flocking to stuff like Netflix because they're kind of doing the same thing where they fudge run times. Yeah. They, mm-hmm. Episode like yeah. some episodes are thirty minutes and other episodes are fifty five minutes. Look at uh, so the Mandalorian. Think, I mean, exactly. Every like, I, like that's different. the that's the only thing I would I would kind of say to fans like just keep that in mind like this is this isn't comics aren't easy. No, and, not at like, all. To tell these kind of stories in twenty two pages uh, in an episodic way, where really like if you think about it, a single episode of a TV show is really like a four issue comic fair enough but you're trying to tell one episode of a tv show in a single comic and it's 
it's it's tough. difficult yeah it is especially like you're saying with these legacy characters and that's why i yeah. with as far as dc is concerned my personal taste has moved into black label and i i yeah. they're they're telling different stories because you don't have yeah that legacy that in the single floppy issues that you need to stick with you can tell a completely yeah. different story that's why i liked harleen was one of my favorite dc black label books and mm -hmm. i th i think the freedom there really lends to the way you can tell a story because this one the next batman that first story is a it's four pages of batman and I mean, I, for I for an eight that, uh, nine nine dollar book, eight eight to nine dollar book, depending on what cover you get, um, yeah. that's that doesn't that doesn't hook me to be like, oh, who is this next Batman? I have the exact yeah. same complaint. I considered part adding this to part of my collection. I work at a comic book store, so I don't have to buy a lot of comic books. I can just read them at my will. Uh -huh. So I'm kind of picky about what I'm going to purchase. Um, I was I made a conscious like decision. I'm going to buy. Batman the Future State, just so I have it. <clears throat> and and after I was done with it, actually, before I was done with it, I realized that I wasn't going to do it. I read this before yeah. we decided that this was going to be our book. Oh, did you? Yeah, and um, it, it was one of those things where I was like, okay, cool. I read the first one, and it said to be continued really fast. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, that's weird. And then all of a sudden, there's here's Katana. And I was like, okay, cool. So I started to read that, and then I realized, man, this isn't a short story. This is a long. long story. So yeah. I put it down. And okay. I finished reading it until last night because I was dissatisfied. I was I felt duped. I felt wrong like wronged in the in the in just a, a, a general sense. Not like I was like right. these guys purposely wrote this <laughs> Batman story short. They did it for because me. of me. And you know what? Right. They did it because yeah. they hate Batman, so you should totally <laughs> you should totally do write them a death threat on Twitter. I will say so, that there's some the yeah. rest of the book, yeah, even you, though I you don't you don't spend your entire life reading comics like like you, I do. You just, you just want to get in there so you can, you can just destroy everybody's hopes and dreams. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Love. That's what. And that's, that's why. What, that's like, what editors want to do. They just want to. They want to take your dream and they want to. They want to print it out on a piece of notebook paper <laughs> and then they just yeah. want to tear Light it up. And they're fire. like, "This is for you, Chris. This is yours." No, <laughs> and then they, and then they, they're like, "Watch this," and they just like throw it on the floor. And then they piss all over. <laughs> oh my God. Go ahead. Oh, wow. Go ahead. Pick it Thanks, up. Pick and it then up. when you go and you pick it up and you try to you try to pick up that that piss soaked dream of yourself, oh yours, your hands are down there in that <laughs> What's dream. Happening? And they turn around and they pull their pants down and they shit all over. Oh, no. And, now and we're going. That's what editors want to do. I'll, I'll take the blame. That's the true. I take the like, blame for getting insider. Aaron on a rant, this guys. Is right. So this, sorry. This is the actual this insider is the actual information. Test. No, no, doesn't matter what company you're at. It could be big two. It could be. Anywhere, any company, that's that's the job of the editor. Right. You can't take it too personally because it's, it's not you. That's what so many people think. Yeah. Is right. that yeah. editors are there to crush your dreams. And it's like, no, <laughs> they are the ultimate comic book nerds. Have yeah, you ever hung out with an editor? Right. They are the ultimate comic nerds. They're there to make the story as good as it can be. Yeah. Yeah. I always think so, of Jason says you, nobody ever sets out to make a bad movie unless it's supposed to be bad. Right. right? Yeah. So it's one of those things where like unless where, you're making Sharknado, where did this <laughs> Sharknado? No doubt. Neil Breen. Neil Breen did not set out to make horrible movies. He just happened to make the most transcendent, transcendently wonderful horrible movies. Like Ed Wood. Imagine an accident. You know, when we look back on Ed Wood films, you're like, God, this is terrible. It's awesome. 
but it wasn't supposed to be like that. We were supposed to just go, wow, this is awesome. You know? Yeah. Like, it wasn't supposed to be this yeah. schlock camp B-list movie thing. He was trying to make an actual serious film, and it just came out that way. Right. Um, DC, like, I will say this. Like, and this is, without hyperbole, this is not sucking up. DC editors are the best editors I've ever worked with. Okay. Cool. Ever. Yeah. I mean, easily. I mean, it's, I mean, it's I, just, it's no contest. I've never worked with an editor, so I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't know. I'm just, and again, like, and again, you know, how we've talked about, like, my title here is yeah. The Consumer. And so... Yeah. You as a as an artist, I'm an actor and a producer and all that stuff. As as an artist myself, it it can't always be received well, and it can't right. always be perfect. And that's that's why I have to, as the consumer, talk about this book in that fashion. Yeah. And whereas so so whereas so, the guy the guys who sell this stuff, we have to try to find something good about it. Every time I finish a comic, there's a moment when I think, oh man, this is the best stuff I've done. And then the next day comes, and I'm like, I hate oh, it. This is this is going to be awful. Like, everybody's <laughs> going to hate it. Is that your insecurities it's, or it's imposter your, syndrome? You know, I, you all know, sorts of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> trust I, me, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, I used but to you do know, art, like, you know, and I don't anymore because I never liked any of it. So, you know, I DJ and I produce music, and I never like any of it. So I get it. Right. I'm always just like, oh, yeah, God, right. I, I I messed that one up. Oh, that sound doesn't belong there. Oh. You know, I, I gave up. I gave up so long. I gave. I used to be. I used to be. So jaded, and I'm still jaded. But I, I've learned how to like, like keep my jadedness to myself. Because I realize, like, like really, when you're when you're jaded, and you go online and you see a friend of yours say, "Oh man, I really love the Last Jedi." And you're like, <laughs> and then I, I'd be like, Star Trek or Star Wars is still a thing. And then they'd, they'd, they'd be like, like <laughs> don't got to be a dick about it. <laughs> right. Yeah. They'd be like, don't, and then I'd be like, oh, I feel bad now. Like, <laughs> Whatever. I remember you tweeting, like, or posting something about the last Skywalker and you were watching Green Room or whatever. And you were like talking shit about Star Wars fans, like going to see yeah, that like, last movie. And I was like, ah, thanks, Aaron. <laughs> As I'm sitting at the yeah. midnight premiere. <laughs> She's like, whatever, man. Yeah, because uh, yeah, Star Wars is still a thing. And like video games. like She's I like, why am I friends with you again? <laughs> and, I, and I am a video game addict, but I gave up on video games a long time ago because I am I get addicted to them. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so, so like I stopped. I, I got rid of my consoles. I stopped playing them. And then out of mind, out of sight, out of mind. And you think, what are people all riled up about? Some video game? I'd be like, video games are still a thing. <laughs> yeah, just because like, you're, you're not ingrained in, yes. in the yeah. culture yeah. anymore. It's you know, narcissism. <laughs> Fair like, enough. The there world should reflect my inner, I, my inner ideal. And, <laughs> right. and so, <laughs> and so, like, I was like, yeah, you know, I probably should let people like the things they like right a hundred percent hurt you know? anybody yeah hundred <laughs> percent and like if you even if it is you know, ultimately shit, like, it's like i it makes them happy i hate this no. new i hate this new wolverine comic and i love like wolverine was my shit in in high school yeah and then they did the wolverine origins thing yeah and i was like well you ruined the character a little bit right we weren't supposed to know who this fucking guy is eventually though we needed to find out and then they just they just took all his memories. Well, away I, I disagree, so. but at the at the same time, it doesn't fucking matter. Like <laughs> what you think? Because 
I just I just stopped reading it. And so Wolverine exists in a state of homeostasis from my childhood. And I just I just stopped. I just stopped moving forward. It's like anybody can do that. It's like what like how many people have not read Sandman or the original John Constantine books or the original Swamp Thing run? There's so much content that is available. It's like Okay, so, uh, and I, I'm uh, Chad. I'm totally not like saying you are a bad person for not liking <laughs> Future State Batman. I feel but, like but it. Is. Really, so, like, I don't, I don't know. I, 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 I might end up feeling the same way. And it's I, not that he doesn't like Future State. He doesn't yeah. like this book. And I'm in the same boat with yeah, him. No, right. I that's mean, the thing is, I'm, I'm yeah. cur- like, I'm currently reading Batman. It's one of the one of the yeah. few DCs that aren't DC Black Label that I that yeah. I am reading uh, month to month, and. I, I'm enjoying it. I love Batman. And yeah. maybe part of it is like there wasn't enough Batman in it because he, he comes back in the end of that, that first story in this book. And it, it, it just, it, when you're telling me this is future state Batman and you're not yeah. telling me what the future state of Batman is, you're telling me, mm-hmm. okay, so this is, so this is Batman's villain, which is Bane, but also Fox's yeah. family. We need to make sure we set this up and, and tell you about that. Well, then then this book that's $9 that's thick as hell should be that whole story to set all that up. There's there's Jason, two I, other... How many pages is... How many pages it's a big one, this? man. It's a $9 book. It's, it's like 50-some pages. Yeah, it's um, huge. Here's, here's cover, the cover thing. price is $7.99. If you call something the next Batman, it should be all Batman. And I get that they're built, world building on Gotham, but then they should have a separate book. Yeah. That says future state Gotham, and right. then we get all these characters in this story, and what about the magistrate and all this stuff? And it should have come out before the next yeah. Batman, right? And it's it, and uh, each it, each individual part is, and I'm not trying to say that it's written poorly. It's actually and, done and again, well. The, the art, I liked all the stories, right? And the Especially art I think was was great. Black Lightning's like Black how Lightning he is, looks is great. Cool. Katana looks great. There's and there's there's. Two other, there's two other stories in here we're not going to talk about um, just because we are pressed for time. This is going to take me 10 hours to edit. <laughs> um, I just I just couldn't get behind it. And so I don't know, because this is going literally nowhere, I mean, they've, they've talked about it. They're like, this is Future State. And I, I looked in the back, I was like, oh my God, how much money is this going to cost if I want to kind of delve into it? I counted them. All oh the, January January to, to March 30th is the last future state book. There's 52 of them. And that's I'm weird. like, okay, cool, DC. You're <laughs> but fi- the new 52 is a disaster. All, that's across so, all titles. Right. That's across all yeah. titles. But so that's, doing, that's a frustrating doing... thing as well because it's a, it's a like, hey, are you on the inside joke? 52 is the number that we like. And I'm like, I, <laughs> totally. I, I, you're, you're, you're doing a thing that, that you're – you're so you're clever. you're you're forcing when you when you say we we have to make 52 things you're forcing stories that don't need to be there which feels like uh, and this again this should have been two this different is coming, books i agree right this is and yeah. again this is coming i know you're a creator i know you work for dc and and we're not going to have you burn any bruises here but it feel <laughs> it feels like an attack on the consumer <laughs> Hey, do you like DC? Bring more money, and it's like, <laughs> God enough. damn, this, this, this. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of feel like, I don't think that the, at the editorial level they're 
considering that too much. Right, and I think, I think that like, that's something that needs like, to start get, being considered idea, because like, wouldn't it be interesting? Like the idea, like wouldn't it be wouldn't it be cool if we did we had did this idea and we had like fifty two books and it was like then it's like oh yeah that's cool. Oh yeah, they like, did that. It's called New Fifty Two. Right. Yeah, right? I you know. It's, <laughs> I, I get the ideas there, and I, I think it, as an editor's idea, I think that's a cool thought process. But 52 I, I, is, a, is a DC thing now just as much as Batman is a DC thing. So it's like, we right. keep doing 52, and we got to do Batman, cause, and we got to do 52 Batmans. So, and <laughs> right. so, so it was 52 <laughs> books total across all of the issues of each of the things right, right. And I so that each there's title there's has, there's what, 50 issues yes there's so there's 52 books that are going to be sold 52 total future state books the regardless next, of title apparently the next batman might be all just next batman because these backup stories at the end doesn't say con- to be continued it says to be continued in the third issue this book and really like, was just world building i mean but in the gotham world and they're all related to Batman, and yeah. that's why it's called the next Batman. And but I, I get think, it, but like I said, I stand by my statements. This should have been called Future State, Gotham, right? And there should have been a Batman book that was separate from this. Yeah, and I, I, mean, I think that that could. I don't have a any problems better. with the storytelling. I don't have any problem with the art. In fact, I really like Katana's like how she looks. I think Black Lightning's awesome, and I can't wait yeah. to see what's going on with him. I like Killer Croc. Killer even Croc, though, even cool. though they call him Mister Croc. So the yeah. whole thing, the magistrate well, takes over Gotham, and then there's 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 two sides. There's the outside of Gotham. And there's the insides, and they're like some of the villains and superheroes are with the magistrate, and many are not, and so we get a lot of that in this book, and that's yeah. what they've built for us. I just, I agree, I agree yeah. with you. Um, there's there's a splash page in here where it's like Katana is infiltrating the magistrate headquarters, and it's oh, just that like was her great. going through like a whole splash page of different levels of a pa- of a stairs. Yeah, and they're like chasing the stairs, and she's busting through the floor and, and stuff. You, you follow the story, cool. and you you read left to right and right to left because it's the yes. whole thing mm-hmm. is they're going I, down these stairs, and she's going down these stairs, and then and it was great. It was, it was cool. amazing. It was super cool. But unfortunately, everything to you know put with it it's why like, is there so too, little batman understand. in my batman book and that's the problem that you're having that's the problem i had with right. it besides that it's it's a good book it's definitely worth reading especially if you're a batman fan or a fan of gotham because the signals in here you know um there's well, a lot of characters from the batman universe but that's but. the thing that it did to me is this book told me there we go i'll show you this here in a second aaron um what this book told me is that future state is 52 issues of of all the different characters Mm -hmm. and and again we were talking earlier about we'll see what sticks and then we'll move forward with those ones that tells i don't i'm not gonna for i don't think i'm gonna move forward with any future state books so I'm, i'm not buying any dc until after march apparently and that's the weird part like what why did they just stop their books that are already going to do this weird thing and jason has a theory and i and i like it and i'd like to ask you aaron if if it's you may not be able to say anything, but I'd like to ask you Probably if you feel because <laughs> yeah. this is he's, he's in a different section. Well, I know, of the I know, but I mean, you know, yeah. he he talks to people. the The whole rumor about five G, about like the what what reportedly or supposedly Dan DiDio was DiDio's putting through thing. Yeah, um, the whole supposedly the whole idea of that was we're getting rid of these old these tired old characters, and we're going to push the DC the universe into the future. So I think that before they got rid of Dan DiDio, I think this the work on this stuff was already happening. Okay. And then they got rid of him 
and they're like, well, we're not doing that anymore. And I think this is them trying to capitalize on that content that they had already created. Right. right? And they're just calling it future state and saying, hey, this is possible futures for these characters, not the DC universe going forward. Okay. It's Marvel 29. That's not bad theory. That sounds like a valid... I I literally have absolutely no idea. And I figured you probably didn't. 5G was what 5G was. um, But uh, that sounds plausible to me. Yeah. It makes sense. Why? Personally, personally, this is the way I it. feel that all this this is the way I feel all like for big two, for late for all these legacy characters. I think this is the way it should be handled. Um, just a cold reset every fifteen years. Yeah, fifteen years is like fifteen years is a period of time within which a human character who ages normally can function theoretically in a action setting early 20s late 30s past that it's like really you know like eh. marvel kind okay. of marvel kind of does that they sort of have this like shifting timeline of of like you know what the war that the punisher was in changes right you just you put that you put that universe to rest and you just say i mean you do the infinite earths thing you say Okay, in, like Earth One, it's put to rest. Now Earth Two starts, and it's all new stories. It's right. still Bruce Wayne. Still Bruce still Wayne, Diana. but what? Still, what if still, you start with Bruce Wayne being? But it's just a, being it's a, a new universe, and it's like alienate different. your older fans. And that's the problem with this stuff. It's the same. It's the same origin point. It's just like Star Trek, with all of their multiple universes. Mm-hmm. I see because what you're saying. Yeah. The and, Terran universe in Star Trek, I mean, Kirk still exists. The Enterprise still exists. So obviously there's a a moment in the universe, which is the inception point, that is a commonality amongst all of these universes for the most part. We'll just call it the flashpoint. So, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> and, and, then, <laughs> and then from that moment in time, uh, Bruce Wayne's parents die uh, like uh, uh, Superman is found on Earth in his spaceship and right, right. whatever. And, but then, like from there on out, it's like, like all of that canon from Earth One doesn't apply here. Right. It's brand new stories. Start over again, and then boom, reset fifteen years from now. I hate that and idea. It's just like it's fifteen I don't years. Hate it. Uh, I like okay. the idea. Let's, I don't, let's do it again. 15 years, let's do it again. DC I, does that. It's called Crisis three, on Infinite Earths. It's called New 52. It's called Rebirth. DC does that all the time. The problem is when you do it every three years. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's like seven short. years. Seven the, between the New 52 and Rebirth. The problem is when you right? try to then reincorporate it back into the original. Can't, it's like all of this kind of rejiggering to get things to fit, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, like <laughs> snipping the puzzle pieces. It's like, a, it's the it's the problem of the puzzle, puzzle piece. It's and then the you problem cut off of a uh, little nib on the top so that you can shove it in, and it's like <laughs> a horse's eye in the middle of a fish. And it's done. You know, like, so it's <laughs> the looks great. It's the problem of like it's sort of the the sort of the. Uh, so I'm not sure what the word I'm looking for is, but the the biggest example of that problem is Batman and Rob and all the Robins, right? So Batman is like perpetually this like. N- at least to, in my mind, Batman's in his like mid to late thirties. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. but he's perpetually sort of in that age 
but the Robins keep getting older and we keep adding Robins. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm like, what? So He's going through Robins every two years. Like, so, so like, at some how, point, you're just a bad dad. Yeah, like, so how long, infinite Robins. How long is, how long is, how long was Dick Grayson Robin? Forever. Like, yeah. I think, yeah. And, I think that, I think that moves to the point of the, if you do it for 15 years, you can have Batman and Robin and you don't have all these different Robins. Because when you start, you could have a second Robin. I mean, Robin can die, and you can get another one. You right. Yeah, let's kill Robin. I'm in Robins. Right. the The point I'm making though is is be, the the reason they the thing is people people latch on to the Robin, and so they're like, well, we he died. Okay, well, people like him, so we need to we need to make him just move into a different form and then we'll give him a new robin right okay well yeah. and then somebody likes that robin oh shit okay well now we have to give him a new thing but batman has to stay in that 30 year old area um and so if if you just redo it every 15 years and like you're like uh chris you were saying that you alienate your readers oh, right. you you don't necessarily because if you want something new and fresh that's what you're gonna have to do otherwise you're going to find a different comic book that you want to latch on but to. But I spent all this time learning this character and knowing their well, backstory, yeah, and now it's it all doesn't still mean there. shit. That all is still there. It These stories go. So um, I do have to apologize, Aaron. My battery is running low. Uh, the computer is no going to die. Um, so we really appreciate Death you having to your here. computer. Uh, no, right. <laughs> Death to the infidels. Um, so uh, go ahead and... Um, Plug plug a couple things coming up or or things that uh, things that you want to plug. Well, um, man, it's going to be a busy year. Um, not a lot that I can talk about right now. Uh, I will be at DC drawn drawn comics for at least the next year. Um, I've got a couple projects lined up there that I can't talk about. Um, uh, over in the black label side of things. And uh, I'm writing, I'm co-writing my first comic. That's cool. Uh, which I can't really say much more about. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we're getting ready to pitch that one um, to Image. And uh, I've got some potential TV stuff in the works. Um, very you, early that stages. That you can't talk about. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that stuff is very, very, very early stage. So right. that that could be a complete pipe dream. Um. <laughs> Those and and working working in that industry, I know that that some of that stuff when you when you are in that early, early, early stage, I mean that could mm -hmm. be up to five years away. You know what I mean? Oh so. yeah. I mean, what I can't I can say because it, I think it's already been talked about is. Um, I'm working with Shannon Denton and Steve Niles um, through their new production company that they just created Ooh. called Monster Forge. Monster Forge Productions, um, which basically it was kind of like a, a overnight kind of thing. Uh, Shannon was saying that he and Steve uh, were talking uh, and they're like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we did this? And then like, boom, they're like, why don't we? And like, literally, I think like the next day or a couple days later, um, they had already gotten a story in the Hollywood Reporter. Um, oh, amazing! Because they've got, they've got, from what I understand, the, what was written in the release, they've got um, like all of these, like all of these like high end creators lined up already, and I'm lucky enough to be in the mix. Sweet. Um, with a project that's kind of been sitting on the shelf. For me, for several years now, 
Um, my intention was to do it as a creator-owned comic, and then me and my co-writer on that, who was a screenwriter, uh, basically we were like, why don't we just forego the comic thing and pitch it as a potential TV show through Monster Forge? So that's a that's a kind of a it's a horror thriller kind of procedural kind of thing. Okay. Um, that we're working on. And, uh, so that's exciting. That's the, uh, that's the pipe dream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, I'm wrapping up, uh, my covers for vampire, the masquerade for vault, um, with Tim Seeley. I've got one more cover. I've got the cover for issue 10 to do. And, uh, and then I've got some covers coming up for vault for a little special event that I can't talk about yet. All right. Um, for vault and, uh, in the summer and, uh, man, I think, I think that might be the roll call. Oh no, there is more. I also have a podcast that I do kind of sporadically now, you know, this whole year has been, you know, difficult to my partner on my podcast. My podcast is called adventure hook. And basically it is a, it's a role-playing game podcast where me and my co-host Rob Randall, uh, we take a random one-sentence idea for uh, an adventure for like D&D, and we try to flesh it out into something that's basically pseudo-playable. Okay. Um, any, any DM could take all of the story beats we create and plunk it right into their own game if they wanted to. Oh, cool. So it's so kind of like an like, open source type you're like we're just kind of getting it started and you guys if you're listening you can you can take it yeah and and the ideas and the ideas come from listeners so we have we have uh we call it the d20 table and so it's a list of 20 different ideas and each one is assigned a number from one to 20 at the end of each episode we roll a 20-sided die that decides what the topic of the next show is going to be and what story we have to create fantastic um and so uh, we've been doing that for a couple of years. I think we're up to around, I think we're going to be getting ready to record our 46th episode here in the next week or so. And then uh, coming up uh, later this month, uh, me and Rob are going to be collaborating with a actual play role-playing podcast called Red Moon Role-Playing, who has won two uh, innies which is like the Eisner's for gaming podcasts. Oh, cool. And I haven't heard of that. So yeah, they're, they're great. They're, it's a great, we, we collaborated with them a couple of years ago for like a classic second edition D and D game, uh, which my friend, which my, you know, co-host Rob ran this time I am going to be running the game and it is uh, going to be set in the world of dark sun, uh, a advanced dungeons and dragons, second edition, and uh, it's going to be great because we've got it's going to be me and Rob, um, uh, one of the uh, guys from Red Moon Roleplaying, Mateus, a uh, friend of mine who's an actress, and then a DC editor is going to be joining. So wow, uh, Amadeo Totoro is going to be joining us, and so that's going to be super fun. I'm yeah, that so sounds excited. like fun. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So and and that could end up being something that becomes kind of a year long uh, campaign that we do. So we're going to test the waters with like maybe four or five sessions for a little one shot adventure and then see where it goes. If we want to continue it into a bigger campaign that we'll run. And 
those episodes are going to start coming out through the red moon role-playing podcast in march i believe we decided oh just around the corner then huh yeah so keep an eye on that we're going to like i said we're going to start we're going to be recording i think we record our first session uh weekend after this so uh and then we're going to hit it hard for like four or five weeks in a row and then get all that edited and, and out into the world and see what we want to do next and awesome so you sound busy man. So yeah it's gonna be a busy it's gonna be a busy year yeah which is good <laughs> yeah staying yeah. busy is a lot better than than not staying busy <laughs> yeah yeah and all the while i'm i'm building a uh addition onto our house which is going to be my new studio space oh wow and that i'm building it myself <laughs> oh my goodness that's gotta add a lot of stress to kind of just everything huh <laughs> Well, it's, I mean, the actual building is incredibly cathartic. It's, you know, you get out there and you enter this Zen kind of mindset and you focus just on the task at hand, everything else falls away, but then you come back aside and you realize, how am I going to juggle this and everything else? So like, basically I've got like this little gap here for the rest of January. I think I'm probably going to start getting pages from DC for my new project early February. So I'm trying to hit it as hard as i can um so uh so yeah we'll see it's it's going to be an interesting year and hopefully um i mean i i i feel i always feel terrible when i say this but 2020 professionally was a really great year for me and i know so many creators in comics um and entertainment industry in general have struggled so hard yeah and so i feel incredibly blessed yeah um for how fortunate that me and my wife both have been that we've been working consistently the entire year without any and in fact you know it's been a banner year professionally for me with hellblazer so um i'm just hoping that kind of emotionally this year starts to uh starts to kind of the ship starts to right itself yeah let's let's hope so (laughs) (laughs) and i hope that for everybody in in every aspect of entertainment because i mean i'm here in new mexico so i've seen the impact yeah that the shutdown on hollywood has had on friends of mine yeah i mean i was i was directly affected by it so um but that's a that's another story for another time (laughs) so anyway i was just you know thanks so much for having me on it's been it's been really fun. And yeah, that was a great beer. Yeah, I am gonna. I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna actually go and see if I can get some of that. Uh, that uh, down at Ex Novo. Uh, yeah, Ex Novo or Punk I know Rock. that Jubilation here. I know that Jubilation here in Albuquerque carries Ex Novo, so hopefully they'll have it in stock soon. They might. I think they said that they were sending it out a little bit. So you you yeah. might you might get lucky. But Corrales is always a, a yeah. really good place to yeah. visit. So Punk Rock Hazy IPA it was Absolutely. awesome um well so. cool well right, man. thanks again for joining us and maybe we'll see you sometime in astro zombies my friend yeah absolutely